are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy life to listen to ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp for all the ways you can support us. Or, most importantly, make sure you leave us a kind rating. iTunes, mostly iTunes. (laughs) Give us those five-star ratings. Subscribe if you're on Android. Um, It helps. It helps get the swordchomp name out there. The chomp casts in people's ears, which is right where we want to be. We have a fantastic show today. Uh, All sorts of fun topics to discuss on our first week of the new year. We are wet for witchers. That's right, wet for witchers. As we get the uh, audience feedback on the new Netflix witcher show, Uh, we are tempted by the dark side, Hmm, a.k.a. negative rise of the Skywalker opinions. Masturbation abominations? What what could that mean? Most importantly, though, our topic of the show this week is discussing our most anticipated games of 2020. You know, the Cyberpunks, Final Fantasy VII remakes, Last of Us, Doom, Eternal, Animal Crossing, a few games you might have heard of. Um, All that and more on this week's show, so you do not want to miss it. We've been building up all this energy for two weeks, so let's get to some intros. Here we go. New Sword Chomp, baby. Sword Chomp 2.0 inches. I kid, I kid. Uh, Rich is here, the maestro. Hello. Oh, I, me, it's not true. It's true. I'm here. I so can you, you are here. That part's true. You're here. Yeah, yes, it's yes. true. Um, and I know <laughs> All two inches of you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's all here. It's that's as hard as it can be. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's funny that you mentioned. It's funny you mentioned that. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. But, well, you uh, are you are going to cut out what I asked, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Rich, I know you're going to be tempted to um mm-hmm. to use this as a platform for you to talk about Persona Five Royal the whole show. Um, I so. actually I deliberately didn't didn't bring it up because I didn't. It's so important this year. I don't think it even needs to be said. Yes, of course, of course. How how could anyone uh, disagree it's, with that? It's just nice that we already know what 2020's game of the year is going to be. I I I love that I can play a game that was 40 hours too long again. That's that's um, a, yeah, for a the sixth time for some of us. <laughs> I'm, I jest. We are happier here, Rich. You know, for people that don't know Rich, uh, he's, he's a good guy. He's got a big heart. He's a self-proclaimed big softy. Um, which is kind of why I don't know if putting big softy is going to really work on your dating profile. Yeah, no, I should take that will. off. Yeah. Um, it's gotta be a little frustrating for people, uh, which I thought was funny that you mentioned that a few moments ago, but, uh, I spent, when I was writing, I was writing that down. I spent like all this time imagining a frustrating situation when a, someone whips out a big old honking dick, but it just whiskey dick. It's like porn whiskey dick, right? It's got to be frustrating. I just like the, the idea of me actually putting that in a dating profile and being like, why is nobody swiping? <laughs> big, big softy isn't what it used to be. Uh, big softy, rich money. It's kind of like bringing home a brand new video game, but it just doesn't work. You know, you just keep putting mm-hmm. it in your, in your system. But it's Yeah, I running. played Shenmue 3. Yeah. <laughs> is that a brand new video game? What, I what actually, is this world? I, haven't, I haven't opened my copy of Shenmue 3 yet. Uh, because I have this theory that I call Schrodinger's Shenmue, uh, that is, as long as Shenmue 3 is sealed, it is both good and bad. That's, that's, I think there's something deeper there. I see what you're going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a deeper metaphor, and um, I dig it. I have a lot of good memories of Shenmue 1. We don't have time for those right now, Rich. No, we, we don't only have, have to, We only have time to introduce um, Shay Layton, the professor from Japan, and... Um, 
It's no, it's, <laughs> this is true, Shay. Uh, I saved this out of the intro. Uh, big softy, according to your favorite urban dictionary is a penis that is semi-erect, but still soft to the touch. Um, which I think is semi-erect soft sort of just. to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> to whose touch? Aren't how are they defining okay? soft there? Guessed. How many, how many just, you know, farmer's hand rough penises are <laughs> Or is, is, or is it, are we talking the other soft? Isn't a hard penis still kind of soft? You know, that's what, I mean, I mean, that's I what I'm saying. They're they're yeah. they're fairly delicate. That's exactly Tur- what I'm saying. Turgid. Mm. Basically, a raging semi. Oh, turgid is making an appearance again. That's semi erect is kind of about uh, Shay's experience. Turgid with- should always make an appearance everywhere. <laughs> turgid is the best is so word because it can only be used to describe I a penis. Love it. Right. Um. How many days have been? Uh, yeah, semi erect describes uh, your uh, feelings toward uh, days gone. How many days have been gone since Shay started playing uh, Bud Light Affliction Zombie Apocalypse? That's what we need to know. Too many. Uh, you know, it's you know, like I was chipping away at it through last year, and then during the winter break, I was like, I gotta, I gotta get this game out of the way. I, like, I enjoy this game, but like, I. I left too many games unfinished in 2018, so I was like, 2019, I need to finish. So I finished Medieval over the break. I finished Days Gone over the break. And, uh, well, granted, I finished it like a day or two ago, but I kind of considered this week a break. I didn't do much at work. So, yeah, it felt good to get some of them done. I Actually, I wanted to share something with you, Morgan, because I got a message this morning that was uh, from Hmm. one of our fans. Oh no! I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm. I'm trying to decide if I want to name him. I'm gonna read the message first. I don't know where I get this message. Shay, big fan of the podcast. I find myself agreeing with you more than the others, especially Morgan. And then we talked about how bullshit it was that you were trying to argue that Death Stranding should be higher on the list than Control. <laughs> we discussed that, and it was really, really funny, but. Um, no, out of nowhere, I got that message today, and it was really, really funny. Out of all the all the days that like I could have received that message, it was right when we were going to do the podcast today, like an hour before. I'm going to become Liam Neeson. I will find you. I will kill you. <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> I will let them reveal themselves if they so choose. Look, I like control. That is a myth. I love control. Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, you're the one who told me to play it. And uh, yeah, I played it as a result because you kept encouraging me to play it. But yeah, it was just, it was funny that like we were talking about how like there's no way control should be lower than Death Stranding. But it's all good. It was just funny. Like, well, it I was just, a I found it very, uh, Yeah. Fish stabbed me in the back with his mm. goddamn. He stabbed me in the back. <clears throat> Fish <laughs> always gives the best presents at the end of the year. He really Hellblade. does. Control. You know what, though? We didn't even know we wanted them, and all of a sudden, Fish is just, you know, delivering more than we could ever ask for. It's true. I, I, I said it on the podcast. He is the modern-day mm-hmm. Santa Claus of this podcast, <laughs> and I meant it. Mm. Well, I will have you know that I had many people message me about the music debate we had, and after sending the Death Stranding music, most of them were like, oh, I can see where you're coming from. This music is great. So I yeah, will neutralize. I know Crumb Key is your, one, but I didn't know that yeah. there were others. I didn't know many equated to Crumb Key. I was trying to keep their identities private, but yeah, okay. 
Just always ask for too much. Be like, name seven. <laughs> I need you to name your sources. Name me 37, Morgan, goddammit. Uh, look, we're still, it's still hangover, as you can tell from Game of the Year. Uh, we're still bitter about it. Um, look, Josh is the, the true victim here. Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. Uh, <sighs> Death Poor Stranding guy. may... Decided yeah. to play video <laughs> games last year. And... Oh, mm. no. Well, that was a mistake. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure later alligator is one of those like learning games that you get when you're like seven years old on your <laughs> with your computer, you know, like learn how to type or whatever. You it's one of those, the, right? You guys play the putt putt games? Uh, what's a golf? Yeah, what's what's it called? Oh, fuck. No, the game where they, you're the the car. They they are very much games for children. That uh, my group of friends has had a long running joke for uh, years, where like on somebody's birthday, we will just like give them a putt putt game. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, which then they're expected to beat. <laughs> That's of awesome. Um, yeah, Rich, I felt the most bad for. Jo- I mean, sort of. Josh is kind of in the background, but um, not taking a lot of the AAA titles. The most so bad. To speak. Um, what was it? Josh's favorite game of the year was Outer Wilds. It's a good pick. Um, yes, mm-hmm. it was. And I'm which glad it made I... an appearance. I know a lot of people on the social media. And- a lot of outlets who uh, take part in indie games really, really enjoyed it and thought it was a darling. So I'm glad it got some love, even though I didn't really get to play it. I don't know. If, I don't know. If Fish played too much of it, if at all. I know Morgan didn't. I don't know, Morgan. You didn't even play it. Did Morgan you? played a little bit when we were oh, he discussing. Did. Okay. It on the show. I actually played <clears throat> some this week with my wife, and it's just, it's 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 one it's, worth getting through. It's it's tough because like you like you have no idea where to go or what to do and I spent like I could tell you my story later in the show but basically I spent two hours playing it I don't know if I did anything but I did things I assure um, you you did like it, I I read walls that's just the thing though like nobody's story about that game is the same and it's just every facet of it the game's beautiful it's like the narrative's tightly woven once you get it going the music's incredible mm-hmm. I do like the music like I really I like the intro music is great I don't I don't really buy the I don't see the beautiful thing and not really to ding it or not. I just feel like it's like a very, you know, what is it? Low texture, low polygons, whatever. Like it's a very minimal art direction. I, I like the idea of the art direction. Like when you get in like your spaceship and it looks like you're almost inside of like a children's fort or something like that. But it's like also a spaceship made out of wood and stuff. Like I like the concept of the art direction. Just mm-hmm. the execution is obviously budget limited. Um, which kind of bums me out in a lot of ways. Like, like I said, I'd love to see like somebody make the outer wilds, but just get like an like Blizzard's a bad example, but you know, AAA production values, but make the same game. That's that's why me and Josh always fight is because uh, mm-hmm. I'm you know. I think I, think, say, I, think I don't want to like an elitist here because he, he loves photorealistic like, graphics for the the three months that they're photorealistic. So. I wouldn't say photorealistic, you know, just... Well, but they are, and until you realize they're not three months later. Then somebody showed me a photo. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Look, I, I like the heart of indie games. I do. I like the idea that that is the case because we keep improving photo quality. Yeah, no, no, we we actually... We, uh, we keep increasing the resolution of real life. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Is this what's going on there? So I'm actually pretty sure I've been in a vibe for the past couple of months. 
Wasn't wasn't that a weird conversation we had about like someone we were attracted to, and then we looked back on it like three years later, and we're like, I was attracted to that person. I don't. That's a whole different thing. But when you said that, it made me think of that weird thing we had where you like look back on someone that you were really into four years ago, and you're like, really? What was I thinking? Like, huh? Um, I was an idiot. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. Did I drink (laughs) beer for two years straight? Um, I did. I found the answer was yeah. I I, I had a real (laughs) problem. Oh, see, I went to rehab here. Um, I am uh, General Mountain Time, uh, aka Morgan from Montana. Um, excited to talk to the show. Uh, yeah, we have a um, just to tease our show next week. We're planning on talking about like the sort of philosophy behind like trophies and achievements and how that mean what that means to us, which I've been thinking a lot about because I've been trying to platinum Death Stranding and Hotline Miami, which I know sounds like a weird combination. Uh, Hotline Miami is like the game that upsets me, and then I use Death Stranding to like sort of calm down afterwards. Um. <laughs> but I, which doesn't make sense because you know you're she crouching. Those up. Yeah, it's very just just training is very stressful horrible game, for your lower back. Very very much so. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I bet I have a lot of thoughts on those games, but I'm comfortable saving them because that's all I've been doing for the past. Like Shay said, he's catching up on games that he didn't get to finish, and I've finished everything I really wanted to, except Star Wars. So I've been trying to just double back on stuff that I wanted to. Uh, trying to get like playing Death Stranding again without like trying to rush this story is like a very different experience. So uh, I've been digging it quite a bit. Um, spite whoever emailed Shay out there. Uh, was it you, Rich? It was you, wasn't it? I was actually going to make a joke and say that it was me. <laughs> Be like, it was me. I did it in the chat here. It was me. Uh, that's okay. You know, it's a divisive game. I have my supporters for Death Stranding and my haters, but I t- I notice I also have a weird tendency for weird Japanese games. Looking back at like Final Fantasy fifteen and Near and stuff, I noticed I like a lot of um, like kind of like weird, risky Japanese uh, artists or uh, creators and stuff like that. I don't know why that is. I don't have a good reason. I just noticed a bit of a trend there. I also can't wait for Yakuza seven. It's too many. Can't keep track of them. <laughs> there's, there's seven. Um, wasn't there a zero? Uh, counting there? to seven, Rich. Yeah. I don't know if we no. Can there's do a it. zero. Yeah, there is a zero. A, it's a great, it's zero. actually a great one. Yakuza Zero is a great Yakuza game. So you're saying there's eight? Yeah. All right. Well, there's actually more than that, technically, because then there's Yakuza Dead Souls, which is a bad game. Um, and then there's now you're the, just uh, proving Morgan's point. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> which we never. We don't see. Rich, I know you're new, no. but. This is not what we do here. Oh, on this no, I'll get used to it. No, Rich is right. in search of the truth. Yeah. Don't corrupt him. He's in search of the truth. That's why I love Rich. Uh, he's here give, to balance give me, out. Give me a month. The asshole. Give me a month, and I will corrupt him. We can fix that. <laughs> we can fix anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can write the ship. The corruption of Rich. Uh, anyways, yeah, so we're talking about our most anticipated games of the year today. Of course, we usually do this in the first week of. Uh, you know, the year. And I was thinking about expectations because a lot of these, you know, games we're excited for or interested in sort of based around the idea of expectations. So to start this off with three quotes from three very different people, Stephen Hawking, Stephen Hawking, Hawking is, is that a Star Fox character? <laughs> <laughs> is this superhero? I did I'm Stephen Hawking. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I just imagine. And Cornary is in danger. Now. If in the, if in the <laughs> new science, Trek- Picard, we don't have the USS Stephen Hawking. I'm going to be terribly disappointed. (laughs) God, that's such an interesting mental image there. And it's, you know, that sounds bad, but it's not, that's not why it's funny. It's just, 
And weirdly enough, he's actually an eagle. He's not a hawk. <laughs> it's, mm. it's controversial. Um, uh, anyways, uh, Stephen Hawking, Bruce Lee, and Brandon Sanderson. <laughs> These are my three expectation quotes I found. I don't know. Some girl tried to get me to read a Brandon Sanderson book once, and I was not a fan of it. But he said, expectations were like fine pottery. The harder you held them, the more likely they were to crack. Brandon Sanderson. Is he like squeezing pottery? I mm. guess I guess so. Um, just He's trying, trying to say that when you get too excited about something, you hold on to it too tight, you know? Yeah. It's a relationship metaphor for me. Like pottery. Like, yeah. yeah. You know how you pottery. do with pots? <laughs> <laughs> you squeeze that pot. Yeah, why is it a pot of all that? I think it's the bad choice. <laughs> well, you know, you write to Brandon Sanderson and let him know. Um, I'm, the, I'm on it. You have his email? <laughs> Uh, Bruce Lee said, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations and you're not in this world to live up to mine, which is basically a nice way of saying fuck you. Um, but yes. And then he punched 10 bad guys into oblivion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he punched right through Bruce Sanderson's face. I think Josh just came. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the same orgasms anyways. And then of course, Stephen Hawking, uh, AKA Stephen Hawking said, my expectations were reduced to zero when I was 21. Everything since then has been a bonus, which is just sad, actually. Um, the no wireless system's in danger. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. We are in deep trouble Oxygen now. levels are lowering. <laughs> That's been There's a, a problem with the G diffuser. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so let's let's get the um, dystopian elephant out of the room here uh, with Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, we all brought a, a couple sort of left field choices, but we and then we're just going to go down the five big ones, I think is what we talked about. So Because those are the ones everyone wants to hear about. If you have something insightful or interesting to say about them, that's what we're going to do. Um, so yeah, Cyberpunk 2077. Woo! Interesting or insightful things to say. If anyone does not have this as their most anticipated game of the year, I don't know what is wrong with you. Um, Other than being sentient. Having opinions. Yes. Not cool, guys. But are they... I, I'm very excited for this game. Yes. Would you say it's your most no, exciting it's, game? No, it's great. Like, if I, if I had a good, you know, list of, I don't know, a couple dozen, it'd get on there at some point. God damn it, Josh. Don't I, start this already. <laughs> it's the first week of the year. <laughs> Josh, yeah. please continue. I, it, yes. It, uh. hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> I don't know if it's my most excited, but that's almost solely because, like, I think my expectations of it are in line with, like, I know CD Projekt Red knows how to make a game. This game looks amazing. There's no, like, risk in being excited for me. I'm like, this is going to mm-hmm. be a good fucking game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it, so I'm excited to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm like kind of in not the a same dark horse. Place is rich. Uh, yeah, they clearly know how to make a great game. I am, I'm slightly concerned by all the hype around it. Granted, Witcher Three was an amazing game, but this is something like completely different. You know, like granted, the world building is there, and the open world aspect is going to be there, and the scale to which they're trying to work with, if they successfully integrate that. It's going to be amazing, but at the same time, with how much hype there is around the game, I, you know, I, I always like whenever something gets to that level of hype, I always, as I've gotten older, try and temper my expectations because I think I've learned in the past, especially with games, to, you know, moderate your level of excitement. 
I, I think with like something mm-hmm. like Fallout yeah. 4, I was so excited for that game. And then, granted, it was not a bad game. It was a good game, but it just, like, there's no possible way that it could have lived up to my personal expectations after having been a Bethesda fan for that <laughs> short but very uh, monumental amount of time for me. And so when it comes to a game like Cyberpunk 2077, I'm very excited for that. And I can't understate that, but I also know that I got to regulate that to a certain degree because there's no way it'll live up to my expectations. And I think that's what's going to end up happening to some people. But I still think that with a lot of the things that they're trying to do, like they've said, they're trying to, for example, make each character feel like someone you would interact with have the, having their own personalities having their own ambitions and drive that's something that i think is incredible i mean that's something that i felt like red dead 2 was starting to touch upon and if they can take that to the next level in this game it's going to be huge like to make the world like not feel as if parts of it are just throw away or exist in the backdrop, but like each and every area you go to with each and every person has value. That's going to be incredible. Well, if red, I mean that red dead two already perfected it. So, I mean, they did not do. <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, the characters sorry, what? are perfect. <laughs> perfect characters. What can you do? Um, yeah, my, my expectations are kind of along the same line, but like, just to put it bluntly, like it just seems too good to be true. So that means some, there's going to be something that's got to go wrong. Like, the 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 art the the music the the idea the developer like knowing how they made the Witcher this it just seems too good to be true something has to go wrong here I I don't what know if, what it is what if it's the opposite it literally comes out and it is the it's the greatest game. thing you've ever played everybody loves it and it's just like there's like five people sitting in their basement well, I don't like this fucking shit there's no I'm more like, war. But apparently they're all from the south, and I'm sorry. We just start airdropping it on foreign countries. Like, no, yeah, yeah, guys, play this. Fucking play this game. We're all actually too busy playing cyberpunk to really Mm -hmm. have any real world conflicts. Right. Right. Like, suddenly everything in the world just gets righted because of this game. Like, everything becomes amazing. Everything just makes sense. (laughs) And then, you know what happens is, like, every other game developer is like, we're done. Like this is it. This is yeah, the what end of we've all, all been trying yeah. to achieve. It's Cyberpunk seventy seven. Mm-hmm. It brings world peace, cure, cure good job, world man. hunger. Good job. Cl- Trump shakes hands. Mission accomplished. Trump shakes hands with the um, Iranian government. Mm-hmm. You can have sex with it. Like you can have sex with the the cartridge. The disc, yeah. The cartridge. Why do you always got to bring it there, man? <laughs> Why do you always got to bring well, it I'm there? I'm just thinking. If you know, I mean, if you, you can do that with most games. You know, if you guys really want to, literally a sixteen year old boy. I thought you were going to say girl for some reason. That was going to be more. No, he's a 16 year old boy. Everything has to come back to sex. What if it's what if it came with like a pocket pussy or something like that? That'd be great. Cyberpunk. Then I'm sure you and one of our for that sort of money, very, very happy for that sort of money. I think you can take care of it yourself. Just get the collector's edition of inside. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. They have that. uh, They got in a little controversy for that transgender ad. Did you see that thing they did? And it was um, they did this this lady. Well, they so it was a penis. Okay, and they were basically going off of the idea that you could just swap your gender whenever you wanted to. That's what the ad was entailing that, you know, want to switch it up, mix it up, 
here you go. And then, but then people who were, were obviously kind of offended by that because they were like, look, it's that's not the way it works. You know, you get, you know, just well, switch didn't it they, up. You know? d- didn't they end up saying that the, the whole idea is there is no gender selection in the character creator? Yes. It's just whatever attributes you put. I know because I think the Onion uh, Game Network did like a spoof article about it where they were like, CD Projekt Red says uh, characters in cyberpunk uh, don't subscribe to binary genders. However, they are all Christian. <laughs> I I did see that there's no gender oh. in the character creator, which is cool. Um, I, but I, I, think that's, I think that's a really good point, actually, in a way, Rich and Morgan, is that like, I think... And I'm going to try my best to tread very lightly on this. I think that's my, my biggest concern with a game like this. One of them, I should say, besides the one I mentioned before, is that... Is the social issues? Well, so? yeah, like they, they, are, they are going to be trying to, you know, break new ground or, you know, try and indirectly and directly make statements and be inclusive for everyone and everything. And... <clears throat> Excuse me. And what's going to end up happening is there is going to be some group that gets offended because that's how yeah, it course, always yeah. goes when any of these things happen. And it's going to take the some of the wind out of the sails of this game. It's going to be like this radical left wing group was offended because of this. Or, you know, it's going to be like this other group was offended. And like when these games that come out or any art, really, I should say, that comes out and they try and be all inclusive and they try and make powerful statements. I mean, some group is always offended and they always have a loud voice. And I guess at the end of the day, it shouldn't really bother me or anyone else who enjoys it because unless it's a completely tone deaf art piece, like there's always going to be somebody who's offended no matter what. I just like, I guess, I don't know because the, uh, you know, the introduction of more social media, more people being able to have a voice. It's a beautiful thing. And inevitably with the problem that I hasn't even happened that I'm worrying about because I'm stupid. Uh, you know, so it's, worried. it's a concern. So that we're all stupid. Time. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, just yeah, a concern. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it's, no, yes, it, it doesn't matter. Anybody, like you said, it's an art piece. So, there's always going to be some group, uh, no matter the amount, who perceives it the wrong way. Like, I'm sure no matter what they what they do here, I, I wouldn't say the devs have any bad intentions. They're, they're doing their best to be inclusive, and they might not fully understand it in some ways, and they might screw up, and you might have groups that take it the wrong way. It's, it's You can't avoid that it's in this day and age. Yeah, the intent mm-hmm. is what's important. Yeah, absolutely. I Not think that's always. important for the execution's very important. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you can't really tone It's just about intent, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Kojima fan. All right. Yeah, no, no, we understand. I, intent uh, is all that matters. Yeah, we, we, that's been clearly <laughs> established. Right? What no, do you think, I think about that's quiet? Really important. I think that's a really important point, though, is that basically, I think a lot of people forget in the past few years is that people expect others to just fucking get it immediately and they don't give people the opportunity to grow and learn you know and i'm not saying that like everybody should be given that opportunity but like with like a game developer who is trying to be inclusive for example and then people just shit on him because it's like well you were tone deaf on this particular issue well guess what there's there's 
the ability to open up a dialogue to help others understand. That's a part of communication and that's a part of creating art is to look at everything from many different angles and to have that discussion. It doesn't need to be a, yeah. there doesn't need to be a resolution in any of those discussions or with any art piece. We don't need to come to conclusions yeah. always. Sometimes yeah. it just needs to open up that discussion. Yeah, I mean, so think about how many times the three of understand. us would have canceled Morgan during the course of the show had we not right. just, yeah, we just would have canceled the fuck out of him. But uh, no, we, we, we <laughs> sit there and talk it through. And, and eventually we realize that we, we can't fix his terrible, terrible opinions and we move on with our lives. <laughs> right. Look, someone has to be the defender of bravery and uniqueness in this industry. <laughs> Is that what we're going to call it? Is that what we're going to go with? Listen, You're just a modern day martyr, Morgan. Guys, Look, I know, I know, I know. Sacrificing myself before the yeah. slaughter. Um, I will say the last thing and then we can move on is that I'm interested in seeing how the simulation stuff works out. I did do some research and it looks like the apartment that you live in in the game is not going to be customizable or anything like that, which is a bit of a bummer. They actually changed that probably because of time constraints. But you are, you create your own character. Well, you're going to. They didn't want to compete with uh, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too yeah, close. No. Like, no, 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 no. no it's just not worth it. Everyone's going to be doing that instead. I was so. looking eat forward our lunch. to yeah. framing all of my favorite <laughs> Tinder messages all over my walls in Cyberpunk 2077. Now like in my real house. It. Yeah. Now I can't do it. I don't I'm know if I want to play this game now. My walls. I wish I wish uh, the listeners could see because my walls, as you can see, are just covered in framed Tinder quotes and Donald yeah. Trump tweets. Mm. Yeah. And lots, <laughs> lots of red How are those twine. Synonymous, Rich. You can't really tell know. the difference between them. Yeah, they blur together. Um, but like the, you know, you get to live your life as the, that's the most interesting thing to me is that you're kind of living the life of this character you build and design in this world. The character creator looks amazing. Um, and you get to have this apartment that you live in. So like, I love the idea of living in this world more so than I do the story itself. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure it'll be engaging, but like I, that's yeah. the things that get me the most exciting and like playing a lot of, uh, Death Stranding lately, you go down in your private room and you can like listen to music and take a shower and you know, you're it's very minor compared to hopefully what this game is, but like take a poop and see an ad for Ride with Norman yeah. Reedus. Yes. And, and have a and nightmare while while trying nightmare. to take care of your baby. <laughs> yeah. And it breaks just God, like real life. Out of me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. yes. Exactly. But like you can read emails. Like I also learned that I can't listen to music and read read, but we'll talk about that another time. Just um, like in real life. Wow. <laughs> I, Just I like in real life, yes. I can't listen to music and read at the same time. It's comical. Yeah, it's but, it's uh, a three layer problem. <laughs> it's a, it's three layers. Three layers deep. Uh, uh no, actually it's just two layers, music and Hang out in the shower with Guillermo del Toro. Just like real life. <laughs> no, yeah, spoilers. Um mm. <laughs> This should have been my moment of the year. No, but anyways, I, I like the feeling in that game, that little breakup of having like a little place that you live. And I, I know what he's going for, even though I didn't, I don't think it necessarily goes all the way with it. You have like your little, st but it's cool. And you see stuff build up on your desk and stuff. And I hope that Cyberpunk uh, is going to do a great job with that. That's How much monster energy do you think will be in your apartment? Uh, <laughs> I want, I wish I could uh. have my own, Chaos is my favorite monster, the orange yeah. one. Um, so Really? My favorite place yeah. to sleep in that game is the the one the one room in the game where you don't have monster energy drink. That way I can actually rest without it haunting me at night. <laughs> that's such a strange that's a very deep meta game you mm -hmm. have there, Josh. Yes. Um it's anyways. important to him though. 
Mm-hmm. I'll talk more about Death Stranding next week, I guess. Um. Anyways, yeah, the exciting. Okay, so moving on, Doom Eternal. Any any hot feelings? I'll turn those thumbs right on up, Shay. Uh, any hot takes on uh, Doom Eternal? Yes. Fucking excited, dude. Fucking excited. Absolutely excited for that game. Because you know what? The last time I played it, Trump was elected. The the first Doom. So I'm really excited to see if uh, demons come out of the earth for real this time. That'd be cool. I got so many good show pictures out of that. We did, yeah. You did. Mm. You really that was one did. of our biggest sponsored ads. It didn't do anything for us um, numbers-wise, but like we had this one post that had like 7,000 likes, and it was just uh, Trump and then the Doom game. And we, we basically, we were trying to mix our Doom analysis with the metaphor of Donald Trump becoming president. And so that was Same kind of thing, cool, really. Mm-hmm. It was a cool show idea, I thought, but we just couldn't get any traction with it. But, uh, but yeah, Doom, yeah. Doom Eternal yeah. looks great. Yes. Yes. Absolutely does. I'm I'm kind of like I know that there isn't much of a story in Doom and like that was kind of what the original games were they had zero story. Um and they tried to infuse a story into 2016's Doom and it was it wasn't the best. It didn't really hit a lot of marks very well, but I'm excited or sorry, I'm intrigued if they, you know, flesh out a little bit better of a story it doesn't need to be like a whole lore driven complete story but just have a little bit better of a story in this one well i think that would be really there's there's got to be so much more interesting stuff going on in a world that has finally perfected the grappling hook that's true but but, (laughs) but that's that's the thing though is like doom 2016 if you're willing to dig through like those uh those indexes and stuff and all the files to read. There's a lot of story, but I think doom sort of handles almost. It's like satirical sense of humor at its best when it's like, okay, all this shit's happening around you, but doom guy doesn't give a fuck about it. He's yeah. just here to murder demons and get on with his day. Like that opening sequence in doom 2016, where you go through that like Bioshock esque radio conversation and he just punches the radio. Yeah. Like before the, the logo pops you're up. getting, he just ignores and breaks something instead yeah it, gives you, it get. tells you what what's gonna what you're in store I, I for, for like the rest it. of the game I, how are you I, it's weird to me that you're into that joe i just sort of confused me about this game i feel like i like it too and i get what they're going for but i just think it's interesting that like this is one time where like the meathead is cool everyone likes the meathead that just breaks everything because it's self-aware yes exactly they 100 and, and judging off of what little we did get they wouldn't have done a good job with some navel gazing actual story because all the story we do get is man, look at how all these demons talk corporate speak <laughs> so well. You know, isn't that a you thing? Know what, Josh? Hmm. You, you, and that was, that was there. the beginning and the end really of all cool. the story. So I think it'd be really cool if the meathead kind of had a love interest in one of the demons. And it was taboo. <laughs> Just a pinky yeah. that he's in love with. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking my language. There you go. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> um, I, I love good succubus. I play Catherine. Um, okay. Anyways, I'm distracted. Uh, no. So Still my need thing to buy with... that remake. Yeah, yeah I never got around to it. We were way too came busy. Came out at a bad year. time for us. It really. really did. I still haven't caught up from last year. Wow. To be honest, you don't really need to buy that remake. First game was oh, trash. Yeah, I forgot Shay doesn't like it. That's yeah. right. No, I you do. You know why it was trash? Because I'm PS3 trash at died. it, which is why it's trash. Y- yeah, that makes a big... You know what? Scrap the Pokemon tournament. We're going ha- to have... <laughs> Catherine a tournament? A Catherine tournament. 
Hell We're gonna yeah. play some multiplayer, Catherine. It's multiplayer. I oh, would rather oh, yes. watch. They're, they have. They have <laughs> I can't say that. They have tournaments. Podcast. Of I can't say that. Hell podcast. Podcast. Yeah, you're describing hell for Shay. This is what happens mm. when you, you die. For are you not a are, you, are you not a Cubert master Shay? Yeah, Shay died. Mm. No, not oh, a Cubert master. No. Okay, <sighs> um, so that's your problem. You, you, you never got a Cubert as a child. You may have been. I love. You Q-Bert. may be too young for that. They may have. A, they may have uninstalled all the Cubert cabinets by the time he was a kid. I had a cute Cubert toy that I could honk his nose and went wee wee. He was problem, orange, right? He's that little orange guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your problem yeah, is you yeah, don't fear like, coily. He looks like enough. a bicycle horn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes he goes coily or a bloated penis. Um, That's what he sees coily. Mm. Anyways, uh, I the thing that's interesting. My one bullet point I put on Doom Eternal was just a lot of times with sequels that I've noticed from my personal taste, I generally enjoy them because the developers get to flex their confidence a lot more. Like if you think about like the first game in a series, there's a little bit of a are people gonna like this, right? Even if you're confident, um, and it's like a lot more primitive usually. But a lot of my favorite games, Halo Two, Metal Gear Solid Two, it's usually because they take that foundation and they get weird with it. They, they go, get, you know what works, and then you can expand upon that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I hope that Doom Eternal is, you know, expands out and makes the universe really interesting. And, you know, I don't, we probably won't get that story that me and Shay want. But um, the lore, I think it's kind of like they have the same problem that like Death Stranding does, where a lot of the coolest stuff is in the, another Death Stranding drop, is in the interviews that you can read in your room. But like you have to sit down and just read these interviews. Like Uh uh, no one wants to do that, you know? So is that where all, yeah, no one does want to do that because I started doing that and they just get worse and worse. You remember that, remember yeah, that guy yeah. was complaining about only giving you three stars after you deliver his bride? Oh, no, those are emails. I'm talking yeah. about the interviews. No, 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 no. The interviews are good. The yeah. emails are not. You anyway, sure you're not anyway I, I continued to try to work <laughs> to get my Yelp rating all the way up with him, and he eventually sends me an email saying that married life is just terrible, even though he thought his wife had been <laughs> dead for years, and I finally reunited them. <laughs> letting letting them know we, that, that you know each other were alive after after years of thinking each other that had was died my... in, in a terrorist attack, and I, I let them the... reunite. <laughs> and also, she only and then lived he starts like sending me emails about how she nags them all the time, <laughs> and I'm like, "The fuck, dude! How did you get my email? <laughs> Why did I become your therapist?" Mm-hmm. Objectively, that was like the. The coolest concept, but the worst execution of the whole game. That, like, the idea of carrying a woman across this horribly terrifying place to meet her long lost husband is awesome, but it was the acting was so bad, too. Do you guys um, want to hear my pitch on how that, that quest line could have been made better? <laughs> I think they should have added a quest subsequently through the emails where you then have to deliver a marriage counselor to that bunker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> that would have been yeah. perfect. I, like, as soon actually... as you get that email, like, anywhere else oh. you go, they're like, no. So you do all that fucking, work and then it just send falls them apart. Help. Uh, Send them I, I, help. You have I to get, find a new character called the Marriage Counselor yeah. and deliver him to Marriage Counselor, man. Was, uh, I get what he's going for there with the, oh, it's not all that you're Rome, you know, not all you thought it'd be, but it's like, come on, man. Come on, just let me think they lived happily ever after. Just let I me dragged her across the <laughs> no, fucking No, it was world. obvious it wasn't going to work because she somehow, even though she'd been raised by someone who spoke English for the last, I don't know, how many years, <laughs> oh, still spoke completely broken English. Yeah, broken, yeah. yeah and, uh, <laughs> 
very confused. That was actually when we did the podcast with the Rich and we talked about Death Stranding. That was the one moment in the game where I was higher on it. Obviously, you guys know I love the game, but that was the one point where I was like, I don't know if, where this is going to go. That was the last thing I had done before we did the podcast. And I was like, what the fuck? No, this is no, yeah. I got that question. I'm like, no, her mom was right for telling him he di- telling her she died. Like, that was, yeah. no, that was the fucking that right call. That was the call. move. Yeah. Man, this, Anyways, this fucking um, guy's a piece of work. She doesn't she doesn't need to go yeah, there. Back to Doom Eternal though. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Not the game. No, the one thing, no, last thing I wanted to say because I know Morgan, you're probably gonna move on from it. One thing that's actually really encouraging about that game for me is the fact that they delayed it to work on it a lot more. For me, that feels less like a cash grab on you know, just like them doing minimal for the sequel, but it feels <laughs> more like they're putting a lot of time and effort into it. And yeah. that makes me more excited for the game than I previously was. Totally. Like I was really excited for it in 2019, but the fact that they're working on it and making it even better to come out subsequently, they delayed it. Just that's encouraging for me, I think. Granted, yes. that release window makes me uncomfortable because, oh boy, yeah. is that going to be a rough month? True. Maybe, it's going to yeah. be a rough two months, only, dude. March and April. Wish or... they just... Fuck. Yeah, they're, they're a nightmare. All I, yes, we'll move on. All I was trying to say is that I hate it when they hide really interesting stuff in a game. Like the interviews, not the emails, Josh. The interviews are really buried in Death Stranding and in Doom. Really it sounds buried. Like there's some buried. Right, right next to the emails that somehow aren't buried. That buried. That we were yeah, just talking about. Buried. Yeah. Um, that's buried to me, man. Codex. Remember the Codex? All right. Uh, FF7 the Remake. The, the what? Oh, there's still, there's still Codex. Oh. Okay. Beep beep. Codex. Snake. I just wanted somebody to tell those things to me. Mm. Well, now you know the game did. But I didn't want to read. Yeah, to read those tutorials. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy's look. I can talk about Death Stranding all day, but Shay's going to get upset because he hasn't experienced its glory yet. Final Fantasy VII remake here. Uh, it you looks have. like. You know you like it, Josh. Don't lie to yourself. Did you play no, Chapter Three. Like You've I seen like the high it, point. The story is just. Yeah, it's about just, on par with just cats. Block, just okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh. I'd pay to see cats again. So I don't know if that tricks. Look, <laughs> Josh's views expressed on this podcast are not in aligned with everyone on this podcast. I want that made public. No, they really here. are. Most really of them. Are. <laughs> Three people here think it's aligned with cats. I do not want any part of that. I speak for the uh, cats. <laughs> we actually have a cat's they poll that I did not tease. Josh. I only speak for Idris Elba. He's the only cat I speak for. <laughs> we, did, we did a cat's poll this week, too, later on, so stay tuned. The Final Fantasy VII remake, I don't have a lot of thoughts on it other than it looks inc- it looks really incredible. I'm excited for it, um, but I'm bitter because Seven gets all the love, and... I secretly hate it in my heart, but I'm also very excited for it. So there you go. I know Seven's Rich, you got good. a big. You guys all have big woodies for set. Well, Shay and Rich do. One of the greatest and, games ever made. Yeah, when they finally yes. had the guts to yep. give us the RTS we deserved. <laughs> the RTS we deserved. You are sick, Josh. <laughs> you are sick in the head. Wouldn't that be um, fucking terrible if they remade it? But they're like, it's going to be a sports game. Or some shit like that. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a first person shooter. <laughs> Cloud throws <laughs> his sword. <laughs> just like Sky, 
Just bear, <laughs> it's like a boomerang. Guys in charge of it. He doesn't get a really gun anymore. Thought they they hit the mark just square on the head with uh, Dirge of Cerberus. Oh, yeah, no, that was oh god. The, I remember the afternoon I took that game home. What a mm. what a fun afternoon that wasn't incredibly disappointing and horrible at all. Yeah, I think I played that for like the secret ending with. Like gacked, I still beat it in or, one sitting. Yeah, or gacked. Yeah, I no yeah. no I, Ga- I yeah gacked or whatever. I yeah, played yeah. way too much of that game because when I got it, I was mildly interested in it. But yeah, I had a friend yeah, who too. was like super super into gacked and wanted to sure. see. Yeah, she like she I wanted to see any of the content that had to do with him, and you had to like. 100% or some nonsense. To see that, yeah. And I played way too much of that game wow. just to... that's devotion. Yeah, make my friend happy. You did this for happy. a girl? That's bold of you, Josh. Yeah. Proud of you. Yep, no. Tomorrow was, was one of my friends in, high, in uh, college, and she was... Yeah, she's really cool, so... But yeah. Would Dirge of Cerberus have been in, or would it have been Advent Children is the first time we, we met the horrors of Kate Sith being very Scottish? I don't hmm. remember if he was even in... He's in Dirty Cerberus. Advent Children. Very See, briefly, he was. Was he? I, I enjoyed don't know Advent Children. Advent is that Children. a bad memory that I have enjoying Advent Children? Or that's, was a, I that's young? a it's an incorrect memory. Go watch no. it again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it visually that at the time it was like sex for my eyes. Yeah. Is that, that's it was very oh, yeah, impressive it, it, at it the time because they had one of the largest server farms at the time, being a game company. So they were like the CG. At the time, it was phenomenal. Was really, really impressive. Between it was like both the Final Fantasy level. things, yeah. Final Fantasy, actually the original uh, Final Fantasy Final was Fe- actually Within. good. It wasn't yeah. a Final Fantasy thing at all, but like the actual, it was a good movie. Sci-fi of it was good, but yes. people hated it because they were expecting something else. No, it, it wasn't. wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it was good. And then it's, it's they, if you took Final Fantasy off the mo- off the title, it would have just been a fine science fiction, a cool, movie. yeah, CG sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and then Advent Children, Children on the other was end like, is, uh, hey, let's fix all the plot holes we left in, in 7. And, and no, 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 because that's that, all this it was. was a mistake. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was Final Fantasy 7, the addendum. Well, well, who do you think, like, was the guy they patted on the back in the boardroom? He's like, okay, so Sephiroth, right? Mm-hmm. He's got these three brothers, and they show up, <laughs> yeah. and Cloud's motorcycle is filled with swords, yeah. and they're like, here's two million dollars. Yeah. It's like, you know how he was like a clone and we were trying to control him to use this? He wasn't the first one we made and we kind of screwed up the others, but they're all right. They do some, do some stuff. They're, they're fun guys. They yeah. got like a Huey, Dewey and Louie dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a weird fucking thing that yeah, is. It was Final Fantasy VII um, asterisk children. It was. Then Kate Sith would be like, what are you doing out here, love? And I'm like, why does he talk like that? <laughs> and I I know a lot of people, including our good friend Leslie for Sector 7, who really love the um, the PSP game, Final Fantasy Crisis Core. Oh, Crisis Core, Core is good. great. That's good. Yeah. Because that does and the opposite. Did. Like, it, it's... It's not giving you a lot of new information. It's just actually letting you experience the story that was just kind of... No, it was all told in 7, but it was like so many people didn't get it when it first came out because it wasn't told particularly well with the bad translation in 7. But it like, is a, a prequel that expands upon that world well. Yeah. Um, 7 is weird because with the whole amnesia and then mm. cloud essentially just pretending to be Zack. The first half yeah. of the game, you get him acting like the main character from Crisis Core. 
which is oh weird. Yeah, that's okay. who he's acting like, which is why Tifa keeps like you know looking at him incredulously, and, like who the fuck is this guy? This isn't who I grew up with, and why Aerith yeah. is drawn to him. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm this is confused. yeah, yeah. Crisis Core is like actually Cloud telling Strife Zach's story. Is an identity thief. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. But I guess it's a, how, what do you want that identity with? A cute blondie, or do you want the the solemn, dark haired? Um... Would you call Tifa solemn? No, I was talking about Zach. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I confused. I got Zach confused for a second. Zach and Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, equal opportunity beauties here. That's what I'm all for. Like, but, um, yeah. but for witching. Yeah, Crisis Core is uh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So seven. Uh, final thoughts. We are all interested and excited, but anything you guys really want to say about it that you're hopeful? I cannot wait, and there's a yeah. very good chance I drop a lot of things to get through that in like a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to see how they tell it because, like, like I said, it was a really good game, but the Final Fantasy games back then so well. had such terrible translations that. I've actually gone back and played a few fan translations of like four through six, and they're so much better. They're so much better than the original, just lackluster past that the the North American releases were given. Localization um, is a different beast now, yeah. and it it shows. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah. I I don't want to say too much on it. I know when it was originally announced. It was announced as episodic and all that shit, and I, I was not very excited about it. It like it turned me off, and I was being very closed minded. Uh, as I'm glad that it took a while to develop because it's allowed me to kind of open up to the idea that it's going to be very different in a lot of ways from the original Final Fantasy VII, and that's okay because it's a remake. Um, I view it as kind of a reimagining of the story that I fell in love with originally and that story's not going anywhere. It's not changing. Uh, maybe it might be reinterpreted and I can view it differently in 2020 being 30, uh, 30 years old, you know, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, the game looks fucking stunning from everything we've seen. I'm just really excited to get back into it. It is my favorite final fantasy of all time. As it is for a lot of people, I understand there are, Technically, ones with better story, more cohesive story, better characters, all that shit. But I wouldn't even be into Final Fantasy if it wasn't for this game. I wouldn't even be into RPGs if it wasn't for this game. And for me, it was so pivotal growing up uh, to become who I am as both uh, someone who enjoys games and as a person in some ways. So I'm, I'm excited for this game, whether or not it is identical to the previous game i'm just really excited yeah i've learned you can't take a lot of those older games the the stories uh, what you're saying shay i agree i I talked about this on the last show rich that uh final fantasy 12 is now my favorite final fantasy as an adult because i went and played eight again and eight had been my favorite my whole life and nothing will ever take that away but i don't think those original stories hold up really well for me now because like Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm approaching it with an adult that's understandable yeah you know, I, like the dialogue, you're picking apart logic. Like I, I was playing oh eight, and I was God, just constantly yeah. like, um, "What the fuck?" There's some troubling choices from characters in there. I, I, I think my main problem with twelve, and I've definitely voiced this to you before, is I can't fucking stand Vaughn. Um, if they oh, had 
stuck to the original script of that game where Bosch was meant to be the main character, I think I would have absolutely loved that well, story. I think Vaughn's fine, but he's not the main character. There isn't really a... He, he they, they frame him as the main character, whereas everything he's doing seems so off to the side. And he's like, I'm going to be a sky pirate. And I'm like, oh, he's up. not that bad. He's you so irritating. Dirty. Vaughn Where are his here. nipples? He didn't that's, have any. How do you, really how do you trust important. a man with no nipples? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's simple. Uh, you know, it's not the nipples that make a man, all right? I've heard it's it is. the man that makes the nipples. Um, it's about as useless as nipples on a breastplate. Jamie Weird Lester. metal vest. Um, anyways, yeah, I, I just hope, to, to sum it up, sum it up. I hope the story holds up or they change it enough to where, like, it's, it's interesting for me as a grown adult, and I don't run into the same thing I ran into with Final Fantasy VIII. Because I was 16 at the time and, you know, no longer technically wowing the hell out of me. Uh, Animal Crossing is interesting. I think me... Okay, so this is my this is the number one game for my wife, for sure, that me and my wife will play together. Uh, and I haven't played Animal Crossing game in a long time, and this series means a lot to me. I just really get into the live my own life in this crazy, goofy town, talking to people, weird animals moving in, and buddy-buddy with them going fishing. I love those games, but... Uh, I am a little concerned that it's dropping in the mix of a lot of really incredible stuff, and I'm going to have to like slow my brain down and pull out the switch and just be like, okay, let's chop wood and talk to this weird duck that lives next door. You know, I'm a little worried about the timing. Yeah, um, I, I guess I get that. But see, the thing is, with me to Animal Crossing, I feel like it's going to be one of the easiest games for me to also enjoy in conjunction with like a big AAA behemoth, because yeah. it could very yeah. much be the like, oh, I'm going to take 45 minutes to an hour to just do a little something in Animal Crossing and then put it down. Yes. Well, because it's a daily game, so you can play it yeah. an hour a day. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, th that's a really big deal. People have been wanting this Animal Crossing game for a long time. I don't think people realize how big a deal that fucking Animal Crossing yeah. game is. The the one thing I'm scared about is they've they've tasted the forbidden the forbidden monies of microtransactions with the uh, forbidden crafting. Yeah, with uh, their mobile version of the game, and I'm just really hoping. That we don't get any of that bullshit. I, I think we're going to be safe. Game. I really no hope that we just get the original experience because they did so much just bullshit in the yeah. mobile And that thing version. was a cash grab. It that really thing was, was a, a different like, beast. Hey, we, we noticed the thing you're crafting, crafting takes, you know, 48 hours. How would you like to, to finish that crafting, uh bar right now <laughs> like well i'd like that very much yeah well i agree that is a fair concern i don't think there's a, any way in hell that makes it into this game i really don't so nor I do be, i i'd be blown away i'd be happened. very surprised if that's the case but i, I would, do think the crafting I, it's still is still a fear for me after after the mobile version because and a valid one i think so. I, that mobile game is one of the biggest tragedies of my life because Animal Crossing was so perfectly built for mobile and they just ruined it. Yeah, instead ruined of making it. a mobile Animal Crossing game, they just made a mobile game that happened to have Animal Crossing in it. It's, it's, it's like a game existed and they just slapped the Animal Crossing assets on it. Yeah. Very it sad. feels very much uh, like that way with Fire Emblem as well. Like, not to bring another thing into the conversation, but it feels like Fire Emblem Yeah, the is mobile versions... Yeah, mm -hmm. it could be easily made for mobile. And totally. one thing I, I one, one thing I will say against that point, or that against that fear, I guess, is that 
with Nintendo's games that they've released, granted they have mobile versions of it and they all are rife with microtransactions, but it's never drastically affected the other games. Like Pokemon Go, granted developed by yeah. Niantic, uh, doesn't have any microtransactions in Sword and Shield. Same with the Mario games, uh, you know, Mario Run and Mario Kart. And then the new games, they don't have microtransactions. Same with the new Fire Emblem. So that should at mm-hmm. least give you some solace in the fact that there most likely won't be any microtransactions in those in uh, the new Animal Yeah, I, I think it's safe. Yeah, and that was the interesting thing about the the Fire Emblem game. Even on no, even on mobile, even though me and Josh would always admit that, or me and Shay always admit that we were embarrassed that we liked it a lot. Like it was actually developed by Intelligent Systems, which developed Fire Emblem games. So it's like they, it wasn't like they just siphoned it out to some trash mobile company, you know. But it didn't. It was obviously a very stilted, you know, kind of primitive version of Fire Emblem. And yes, uh, is. Still got us though for a while. It's it's <laughs> true. Is it was weird. We're we're just mentioning all those, and I was like, for like a brief moment or two, I hate to admit this. I was like, I kind of miss Fire Emblem Heroes. I kind of want to play that again. I just had that feeling just now for a moment. <laughs> that that cr- like, it's like it's like a it's like a cigarette follow? or a nicotine addiction. She probably like, can at this point. At they realized that was flares free up. money. Yeah. Well, the thing about that was when you got to the end game, I just found it less interesting. Like the journey up was fun for me, like the grind. But like once I capped out at the top, I wasn't super. Yeah, because the, the only game. game there is hoping to get the, you know, max level commanders at that or characters at that yeah. point. Because you're like, and you get addicted to the mm-hmm. the card pack system, and it's real nasty. Yeah. Like yep. it was fun when you when you'd earn the the ability to get the packs, but then at the end in the end game it's like slow going and you get a pack and there's nothing good in it and you're just still addicted and you're like, what does my life become? I'm a fucking sad, pathetic human being. Um, <clears throat> that's what happened to me. It's true. So. It's true. And it's and th- like those. God, we shouldn't get on this conversation. I'm gonna <laughs> uh, just for a quick really just a quick minute. I'm sorry. Like with mobile games, like they do such a good job of just shoving everything at you at once and it makes you like oh my god is this the journey and then they slowly and they do it so well over a like a steady period of time they slowly take that away a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and then it makes you want that shit more and more because you had so much of it at the beginning that like those resources like when i was addicted to the elder scrolls legends card game which is now pretty much defunct like I was getting all these cards and like, it was fun. It was similar to magic. It was like, I was all about it. And then they started slowly, you started getting less cards and less rare cards and less, you know, cool yeah. cards. And they, they slowly edge that out until it's like a trickle, but you are like, Hey, yeah. you know, it First might be this 27th pack that I get the card I've been looking yeah. for. And it's the part <laughs> of the game where you need them the most because there's no progress until you start like maxing stuff out so it's like yes yep yeah yeah it's like when you're in the hospital and you're on a certain amount of medicine and they slowly wean you off it until you're not on it anymore and it's just like oh no now i feel normal again i'm not high and that highness that we had on those mobile games is what gets which gets you going man um Hmm. Wait, you're not you're not tracking that <laughs> i was just recently in the hospital where they were weaning me off morphine all right okay and i remember very yeah distinct- okay. no i mean that's- that all that all tracks but the the not realizing that that was going to happen at the end after the you know first hour of a game is it's a bit strange 
Well, you're concerning. blinded by the fun. Like when you first start those games, you get all those packs at the beginning and you're playing Fire Emblem and you're opening all these heroes and you're like, dude, look what I got. And you're like, you're so fucking high. It's like the beginning of a relationship. You know, you're you used blind. to know what love was. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Last of Us Two. Speaking of knowing what love was, I never played the first Last of Us. I am. Um, you should. That's on. That's yeah. That's on my will play before Final Fantasy. So I have a list of games I'm trying to platinum and play before Final Fantasy. And it's very short. Okay, I'm gonna platinum Hotline Miami and Death Stranding, and I want to finish Star Wars. Star Wars and, is great. And The Last of Us. It's funny you didn't say Death Stranding is great. It must be because I, wrong I don't. I don't because I don't feel that way. Hmm. Do you want to check your microphone? I don't know if platinuming uh, <laughs> Hotline Miami is the the use of your time you want it to be. I'm sorry. You, what I meant to say was Death Stranding is great at disappointing me. Hmm. I will. <laughs> I will. So the Hotline Miami thing I talk about next week. That's not what okay. this show's all about. Um, but. Uh, Last of Us 2, I don't even have to play the first one to think that it just looks incredible because Naughty Dog technically is on another level. Now, I will say that from a gameplay perspective, it doesn't look that interesting to me. Maybe that will change when I play the first one. It looks well done, but very simple, you know? Um, and but It's going to feel dated to some degree, but think so? I, I think the the gameplay was definitely good for what it was. And it's more about, like... I would even say you feel bits of like between in between the encounters, but with the clickers, you'll feel slight bits of almost like a walking simulator, but it's really more about, you know, experiencing that world. Well, that's what I'm wondering, because the storytelling yeah. is so good. What I've heard is that they're tweaking the game like the so imagine this. Imagine how simple the Last of Us gameplay was, but effective before. Right. What I have read from all the people who played that early demo is that they're taking the realism to extreme degrees, like how you could use something in your environment to distract a guard and you're walking their patterns and the, the dialogue they have between each other. Like it's simple, but they're doing the naughty dog thing of just pushing everything to 11 and that can make it really dynamic and interesting. And that is yeah. what I I'm hopeful for, I guess. And the combat does look a little less rigid and uh, faster paced uh, than yeah. what the, what the Last of Us had. Yeah, I'm hoping for that because the combat worked in most situations, but as you went through the game, you'd get into a few of these encounters where it was just like it just it didn't work. Like it like it was like they 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 focused you. They like they start they clamped stuff down too much and. Like mm -hmm. you started really seeing that, the, like the limitations of the system. Like I, the, yeah, I yeah, specifically the, remember the like the the sewers, um, being like one of the areas in that game where it was just like, it, it, yeah, it just it, it like it finally became obvious that, like it just it it was like you said it was it was fairly rigid and. Uh, the systems were reliant on confined spaces, and it yeah. becomes obvious the longer you play, the way you keep seeing the way encounters are forced. You'll be in these big sprawling areas, but then it'll be in the sewers, or as you're making your way through this office building, mm -hmm. like the encounters start to feel noticeably scripted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're all engaged with that one, you know. We For trust sure. in, in Naughty Dog, we trust, but, uh, you know, I don't... Gameplay has not always been Naughty Dog's strong suit in my book, so that doesn't mean it won't be exceptional. And that Did doesn't you just mean I won't talk shit about Crash Bandicoot too. Mm, I <laughs> Crash. Mm, <laughs> I have It's not fresh. The wrath of Cortex. The, I want to provide the quality analysis that Crash Bandicoot deserves. When but I think have it's a you done that? I. <laughs> 
I think on my new a, Crash Bandicoot <laughs> podcast. I I will say this. I think Crash Bandicoot is a fantastic B plus level platforming series. I can't quite. But put you it like in the Death A-tier. Stranding. <laughs> it's not a strand Weird. game. It's <laughs> not a strand game. But um, you know, maybe one day we other Crash Bandicoots can come in your. One of these days, they'll, they'll get that third uh, layer in there. I, I, I heard the next Assassin's Creed is going to be a strand game. Oh. <laughs> You know what? As as much as we make fun of that, if that starts popping up in other games, I swear to God, it won't. That's gonna be amazing, and I'm gonna, everyone's gonna think Kojima's a genius again. I'm like, I told you, motherfuckers! All right, what's so the um, other games? Well, people putting stuff in your world that could help you with if it's like a survival based game, building stuff in your world that can help like, you. Uh, hmm. I feel like that is has been a thing in yeah, other games, not not in has. the same way. Give me an example. I, I can't think of an example offhand. Exactly. Which is why, which is why I didn't really want to say Maybe it. Minecraft, where the whole no, shared that, server, that's where that's everyone's thing. building the same thing together, has been that a thing for really years deal. and years. I've never, I've never heard of that. What's a Minecraft? What's a, what's a, oh yeah, what's a Minecraft? I mean, if you consider that the same thing, Josh, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't really think that's quite the same I thing. I think but... it's similar to a point. Like, the, the way it's implemented in Death Stranding yeah, it's very is different than that game, but... But yeah, I, th- I think the... Building the... A- the we experience just, is the same, as far personally, as personally, as far as systems that haven't really made the jump from their source material games, I still really want to see the Nemesis system and other things. Yeah, that's something else that everyone like acted like was gonna just really catch on, and then it's and not. then it totally didn't happen. Yeah. Like I feel like Assassin's Creed games. Um, it looks no, like Fire Emblem. It would have been awesome if you killed somebody and they came back yeah, later that, on and it, they were like it, a yeah. general and they had different abilities that and great. shit. That would that's see, the I perfect thought, game for it. I yeah. thought for the longest time the um the Batman Arkham games were the perfect place to put that in. Like what if I like I beat up some low level thug and like the last thing I do is like stab him in the head with a bottle and then he comes back as like bottlehead. I'm sorry, Dr. Bottlehead. Everyone in yeah. Gotham said he's a doctor. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love that idea. It's too bad that it's only in the Lord of the Rings game cuz um <clears throat> yeah. Such too a cool bad it can't though. cross over into the the high art realm of Batman. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm glad you said something, Josh, because I love high art. Um, I've been to, you know, many a Batman exhibit and uh, and many a Tolkien exhibit. So mm-hmm. you could say I'm I'm pretty artsy. <laughs> I'm pretty artsy. Yes. <laughs> something like you love. Something like you love everything, Rich. The lady at that Tolkien exhibit so yelled at you. me. Because mm. I think I, I was like touch the glass that a map was under, and I'm like, please. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very hungover, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tolkien. Hey, look, you can find something to love in... in Rich can find something to love in all of us. Um, except death training, apparently. I did find a way to work it into three topics today, so I'm pretty proud. Now, I will say this. Um, hey, I played it 40 hours this week. What can you blame me? Uh, I played it probably as much as Shay's been playing Days Gone, so we're both in that same um, frame of mind. Uh I did actually buy Days Gone too, but let's not Days get that. Days Gone, right now. man. Mm. That game just $10. needs to decide to end like halfway through its actual runtime. All right. Well, we'll actually have uh, some brief Days Gone analysis from the one and only Shay Layton I'm, here. In a little I'm bit. excited to hear that at some point. Uh, but yeah, so here's a. I'll lead by example here. We're going to bring up two games that we're kind of interested in that were not part of the Juggernaut Five, so to speak. Um, now, obviously. We wanted more confirmation. Like I didn't want to go with something like Elder Elden Ring because it's got no confirmation for this year. Even though I think that looks really, really amazing. Um, and I'm gonna be honest with you guys, not to be a party pooper, but there wasn't a lot of stuff that I dug around that really looked that interesting to me. So I'm just gonna sound like a dick. But I ended up going with. <clears throat> 
Half-Life Alex, um, which I know you'll mock me for because it's a VR game for Half-Life. Um, There's plenty of other reasons to mock you. Yeah. Have they even said <laughs> that's coming out for PlayStation? I don't think no, no, it's, it's not. not. It's only yeah, coming so, out. So for, you're um, really excited for a game you have no intention of playing. I, I'm ex- well. This is why, Josh. I'm excited to see if this does good things for VR, okay. um, because of the license and Valve being involved. I won't have access to it at least when it comes out, but um, I, I, I'm rooting for VR to succeed and take that next step. So if that game does well and Valve does something really original, incredible with it, then that's interesting to me. Um, and there's this game called Carry On that I thought looked kind of interesting. It's basically like a horror game where you play as a monster. Yeah. Um, I said it was in that that article. It's like a Metroidvania game, um, where you take the role of a mo- like a tentacle monster that goes from in the room eating scientists and growing. Um, and it looks actually pretty interesting and fun. Um, cool. And Resident Evil Three obviously looks cool too, but that's it. I cheated. I threw that one on there. Mm. Uh, but I went quick. I went fast. See how fast I went through those? Yeah. But I don't have a lot of passion for anything else coming out this year, uh, unless you guys bring up something that I'm oblivious to. So, Shay, what am, what am I oblivious to? I can't to? imagine I that happening. Just... <laughs> can't imagine a world. Yeah. No, not me. I'm a porter, there, Josh. There are some games that like I'm excited for, but I like they're unknowns at this point. Like Super Meat Boy Forever was supposed to be released last year supposedly is going to be released this year or the 13 remake uh that was that that cell shaded shooter game from 2003 but like those are kind of unknowns at this point so i didn't put them on the list and initially i had uh since you mentioned a third i'm gonna follow suit uh i was originally excited for skull and bones but there hasn't been enough gameplay for me to get excited it's just like the the warfare on the water aspect of it, which is cool and all, but I want to see other aspects as well. So that wasn't in my top two. It was very close, but one of them was, uh, I was messaging Josh about it this morning, this morning, uh, spirit fairer is a game I'm really excited for. Uh, it's, I'm not, I can't remember who it's developed by, but basically it's going to be a game where you shuffle bodies uh dead people into the afterlife via a boat and it's uh yeah, yeah. it just it it's this very artistic looking game the music that they played in the trailer is gorgeous and it just looks like a very poignant game and i'm really excited for it uh i like those kind of indie darlings that have something to say and yeah. this seems yeah, to be you have one to you have to figure out how to get a fox and a corpse across a river and uh yes. you you can only you can only carry so so many at the same time so you've got to like oh, leave so it's yeah it's it's like okay. that it's like ah. that one uh, logic puzzle with the uh well, Shay, I, got, I got a game for you and that's gonna be on um, game pass day one so uh, that's, that's, that's is it there. game pass day one okay yeah cool. mm-hmm. okay yeah my other Spirit. game that i have on my list is uh ghosts of uh tsushima I'm very excited for that game. I enjoyed Sekido a lot. I obviously didn't get far enough into the game, unfortunately, due to my ineptitude. But with uh, Ghosts of uh, Tsushima, it looks to be less like a Dark Souls-esque game and more like a hack and slash. And it just has that, you know, that Eastern Asian art style that I absolutely love and adore living in Japan. And it just, it looks like it's going to be a super fun game. It's going to be 
very lore driven, which I am excited for because I love learning about Japan. So, uh, and just like Eastern Asian culture and history in general, I like learning about it. So I'm really excited to play that game. I'm with you. Um, I, the thing about Ghost of Tsushima that I think is interesting is that I love Sucker Punch. They like talk about an a a little platformer, Rich Sly Cooper. Now there you go. That is a and the Thievius Raccoonus. Yeah, the first one. The first one is the one I love. Um, short game, but amazing. It's uh, I love what they do. I'm just worried after we watch that longer trailer at the Game Awards, like the characters and the story look like. So bad, like oh god! I wanted to vomit as I was watching it. Um, a story and, and character game... that are bad. Morgan, do I have a game for you? <laughs> Let me tell you about a guy called Die Hardman. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever played a game by uh, the legendary you... director Kojima? Mm. You know what, Shay? You know, you know when they drop that guy I with the blue take... suit for so long that you finally see him again and you wonder who he is. I will take Kojima characters every day, all day, because at least they're interesting. And everyone in that yeah. trailer, blue suit guy that's true is because you've totally experienced this other game and can make that determination. I I'm saying it didn't look interesting. I'm not saying it is. I mean, I I very well could be wrong about that. I hope to be wrong because I love Sucker Punch games. But it just I wish that it had more of the personality of Sekiro. But then uh, they mixed the gameplay of sucker punch because i like their we'll games see more, we'll so. see i'm i'm being hopeful but i'm i'm sure i'm going to be disappointed because yeah. i was excited for the sinking city last year that turned out to be a not yeah. so great game so i'm sure i'll get I disappointed a again. lot of the sinking city <laughs> did you really <laughs> I, I really wanted to push through it i love lovecraft lore uh so i was yeah. really trying you tried yeah you gave the good college try a what, for what uh a for, <laughs> yes or for effort um rich what did you have for your two uh intention is all that matters anyway yeah no that's that's what i learned earlier in this podcast (laughs) um this is what kojima teaches us if we've taught you guys anything today if this if this podcast has been didactic at all today please as long as you meant well it's fine (laughs) i'm glad as long as as shay did recommend death stranding so my day's complete (laughs) <laughs> okay so uh my first pick uh was 12 minutes which uh this is a game that like i remember hearing about first years and years ago mm-hmm. um and then it kind of disappeared for a long time and it randomly popped back up like during e3 uh developer is uh luis antonio uh this game is basically sort of like a detective puzzle kind of thing it all takes place over 12 minutes where you can go back in time and examine these events. And basically it involves a, a home invasion and a murder. Um, and it's all about trying to piece this story together and figure out what happened. It gives you like an overhead perspective and you can kind of move the timetable along as these events unfold over the course of 12 minutes. And it, it, it looks really interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it does. I like that idea. I'm, I'm a big fan of that, that, uh, We'll see how it is executed. Yeah, see how it fares in practice. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I think on the, the the entire idea of it on its face is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've I've enjoyed a lot of games that do similar things. Like uh, uh, the sexy brutal is is one of those ones that I it, it's essentially doing the same thing. Like not twelve minutes. It's um, it's like over the course of like two days, but it's like sped mm-hmm. up game time sort of a thing. Yeah. Um. We're doing a similar sort of thing. Like you, you have to it, figure out how to 
stop these murders from occurring in this hotel. Um, and, and on a certain level, it reminds me of uh, like Return of the Obra Dinn, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which would be interesting. So yeah, there, there's something there. Days. That's a good one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other one that I'm very excited for is uh, No More Heroes 3. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I wasn't entirely sure we were ever going to get No More Heroes 3. And uh, I think I, yeah, I was actually on that stream with you guys for the uh, the Game Awards when we first saw that trailer. Yeah. And what a, a package they presented that in with, like, this weird, like, anime E.T. setup. And then just having it, like, finish with, like, Travis Touchdown sort of reappearing to uh, kick some alien assassin ass. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he playing Ape Out in the trailer, too, or something I like that? I believe so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which m- makes sense, because uh, Travis Returns uh, shows a lot of indie game love. I played through most of that game in a Hollow Knight t-shirt. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, well, Hollow Knight's a great game. The, the main unlockable, yeah, in uh, Travis Strikes Again is uh, a bunch of indie game t-shirts that you can equip to Travis. That's That's... that's... That lines up with what that developer would be to me in my eyes. I never played those games, but I was always fascinated to try them out because they look so off the wall in Japanese, They're, like I talked about earlier. I they love should be right up your alley because it's it's another one where the story is completely ridiculous, but it's like it's it's like, fine with it being ridiculous. It knows it's ridiculous. It's it's self aware yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. It's like Don't you like, like save like the, on a toilet or something. Yeah, you save like by that? taking a poop. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 got the same level of awareness as like something Kojima like game. like Just Cause or Saints Row. That that sort of we're completely uh, fucking insane, but we know yeah. it, so it's like. Mm-hmm. But Japanese, like, see, that was the problem I had with Saints Row and Just Cause that they were just too generic. Like if it, they were, like, I like the idea that oh, being Saints a lot Row weird. is far from generic. I'd say well, past two, it it oh man, does that yeah. four especially? Yeah, four, three, three is hitting the stride, and then four really goes places. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. It does the I opposite of two. Of uh. GTA, where like in GTA they try to make you hate everyone, and in Saints Row they try to make you love everyone. Like you'll be going past somebody on the street, and they'll you know yell out that they love your music that you're blasting in your car. Yeah, and it's like they yeah, it's it's that sort of a thing. It's just completely ridiculous, but kind of instead of hateful the way GTA is, it's like let's have more. There's a levity to it. I I think one of my favorite bits Saints Row Four ever did was um. They have that whole parody of like the Mass Effect romance system when you're on your ship, where you could basically just go to any one of your crewmates and be like, "So we doing this?" And then <laughs> they'll just have sex with you. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like I agree. Like the first two were very, very much trying to emulate um, the GTA franchise because I, I really got into those games. I really enjoyed Saints Row. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think with three, they were like, well, we're never going to, they found their own space and they, they, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. They found their own niche and they also like, also where I think GTA is really like doubled down on a lot of the things of what makes GTA great. And it clearly works for them. I think that Saints Row was like, well, why don't we just do something different? Why don't we carve our own niche and why don't we... Yeah, do something totally to a different aspect, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as obviously as famous as GTA because GTA is backed by Rockstar, who is a you know a mega developer. But I, I think Saints Row was when they did three and four was they were successful in their own right, kind of what they were going for. You know, totally. to set themselves apart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, that's never. Right. Never forget the best writing Saints Row 4 ever had is in the, the final encounter in Saints Row 4. Uh, the protagonist and the main villain have the exact exchange that Optimus Prime and Megatron have in the end of the Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. 
there's so much that game does well because it yeah. is joyful at heart. It's just camping it up at all, yeah. at all times. Mm-hmm. You, I'm blown away to hear that you play Saints Row, Josh. This is like a mind fuck for oh, me. Yeah. Like someone just skull fucked me. I wrote a piece for Destructoid years ago about why Saints Row is better than GTA. <laughs> Uh, well, okay, hold on. That's GTA has GTA hasn't <laughs> been really exceptional since San Andreas. So like I that's an easy that's an easy bone to pick with them. I mean, you know. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, Saints Row have been pretty done when I wrote this too. Rich, Rich, you have just evoked the Morgan Martyr trap. You have, you have stepped <laughs> up on that trap. Morgan argues for AAA developers and games. He is a martyr oh, yeah, for those. Here it is. I no one else this. will support him but Morgan. You've made that fatal mistake. I wrote this in 2017. <laughs> I wrote this in 2017. Saints Row ruined Grand Theft Auto for me. I I get that though. Truth. If there was like a more Japanese style game like that, I probably would have you. Love it. I guess that's it's called Yakuza. Yakuza. Have you tried Yakuza? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just um, gonna say, have you tried Yakuza? <laughs> Anybody else want to recommend Yakuza? No, it's... Uh, to be fair... I'll mail you Yakuza. I'm not a martyr for AAA games, Shay. <laughs> just the really brave and unique ones, goddammit. Yeah, one of the most lauded and touted... Here, I'll just, I'll just leave this yeah. here for you, Morgan. Yeah, and he puts his reputation on the line by making weird shit. All right, we're not going to do this yeah, right now. Because um, he's not a AAA developer. Rockstar, look at your all. game had your what? game of 2018, not uh. a AAA developer. You're definitely not one of those. I know, Morgan. I, I, was, mm-hmm. I was being facetious. Mm-hmm. Red Dead Redemption 2 also made some brave choices. Um, let's see here. Uh, Josh, got two games for me? I've got more than that, but we'll we'll keep it to two for now because I think oh, we no. we kind of didn't hit the big one. You did you did buy a new notebook this year for keeping track. I of, did, uh, I did. I got last year. I learned my lesson, and I'm gonna make sure I leave enough pages at the beginning to uh, to actually write down all my games this year. Although, good call. I don't know. I don't know if we'll we'll kind of. Last year was so packed. I I can't imagine this year is gonna be. Write small. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll write small, but uh, yeah, I think. First one on that list that I think several of our several of us are excited for, but just you know, we we're trying to keep our group list down, um, is Hellblade Two. Yeah, hell yeah! It was announced for next. That's true. Mm-hmm. It was officially announced. Yeah, it should it should be a launch title for the uh, the new Xbox, and uh, I am just so excited yeah. to see where they go with that because um, the story was left with a lot of room to go in either direction. Like we were talking about how it would be fascinating to see a prequel to that game. It would be fascinating to see just the continuation of Senua's story where they leave it off at the end of the, uh, the first game. And I, I, I just, I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, really probably the best option would be both. I mean, give you continuation of yeah. the story with some flashbacks or whatnot. Try to like, yeah. Flesh Why out limit yourself? On. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I am super, super excited to see, what else they have for us from that from that story? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I believe Shade didn't bring that up. That's shocking I didn't bring it up because I don't know if I'll be able to get to it right away. Like because of the fact that it is going to be on a new system, I don't know if I'm going to invest immediately into the new system because my prerogative has always been to 
wait for a little bit to get into the new system, both due to price point and also because I feel like most first generation of that cons of whatever console is being released always has issues. Like that's why I waited three years to get a switch is a because then they of some kind, released yeah. the next model that has much better battery life. And yeah. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, dude, it clearly that's fucking true. helps. It does clearly help. So I, I've always kind of yeah. been a proponent of that. And so with Hellblade two dropping, I don't get me, don't get me wrong. I'm super fucking excited for that game. I really want to play it. But I also know that the likelihood of me getting a new console right away is very, very slim. On top of that, of not knowing where I'm going to be later this year, I don't want to be buying a bunch of stuff, having to drag it around the world as well. So I, I thought it was backwards. I thought it was going to be playable on Xbox One X and the Xbox Series X, but I guess it's just the Series no, X. No, it's, seri- it's just the, uh, the new console. Fuck. Yeah. Which is a bummer. PC, a- which I yeah. thought well, you might true, be getting yeah. a PC this year. So. It's true. I I I, I need possible. to be at this point. I need to get a new PC. Like I said that. Yeah. I'm I said that the last two years. Have to upgrade my graphics card this year. I gotta upgrade this year. Well, now that they're basically just making PCs for Xboxes, I mean that's well. And there's yeah, no exactly. first party. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no reason to buy an Xbox if you have a good PC at this point. They've been mm-hmm. kind of merging the consoles for a while. It's like like well, let's, well, let's try to really push be... Windows as a platform. So. I should say this because we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Halo Infinite. It's just we don't know anything about it. Um, I know Master like, Chief is in it. Is is Halo Infinite going to be also, like, if you have a PC, you can just use their Game Pass to play it on that? Or is that yes. a series? That... Okay. <clears throat> Nothing that is coming to the new console is everything first party is also coming to PC. I would have definitely put that on my list. It's just I don't know anything about it. But, I mean, that's deeply fascinating in some ways, right? Yeah, so, just that they announced it for a release, for, for like a release title for the Xbox. Basically yeah. guarantees that they're going to have it out by the end of the year. Uh, Which is cool. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, that's I'm that's really something we'll be talking that. about at the end of the year, potentially. That's the, that's the one thing I want to mention, not to interrupt you, Josh, is that a lot of the games we talked about was like a most anticipated first half of 2020. Like, Mm -hmm. if you think about everything we discussed, it's almost all front-loaded, and we got new consoles this year coming in the back end, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's wild. This game, this year might be too good. It's Well, it's interesting, too, because, like, I think that the prerogative of the industry the past few years, especially last year, was to not announce things until shortly before they're being released. I think that a lot of mediums have been doing that. Like, uh, trying CD to do it where you can yeah movies have been doing that so i think that video yeah. games have started to move in that direction too so granted we are getting front loaded but that makes me wonder because with new consoles being released at the back end what are they holding in the in the yeah. uh in the back you know like what are they holding back that is going to be released? i don't know it's yeah, yeah. I don't, what I don't are the launch like, day like, titles? Is still a big question. Yeah, E three because that's yeah. yeah exactly E three. We should know a lot more, but last gen launch titles were just abysmal. So I'm not holding out a ton of hope. Like the, but, they've kind of given us Hellblade two. So like well, we already the know that, there's something at least you, interesting you like to, coming with. You like to think that. though, each of the major console developers, you're gonna want one big flagship one thing, title. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing with Sony because knows, they're so quiet we'll, we'll about it. We'll get the up to Knack finally. Like or, what's or the, Knack, oh, 3. Oh, Knack 3. It's about time. Yeah. You know, well, we've been waiting for more Knack. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, someone has the courage to tell Knack's story. Yeah. 
I, I'm just fascinated because Sony hasn't mentioned anything, and there's a good chance that they will be at E3 this year. But Microsoft's been like, yeah, we're going to be at E3. We've got Hellblade 2, Halo Infinite. Like, they are ready to go. They've already shown us the console. And with Sony, I'm like, okay, you can't just pump The Last of Us 2 back out on your PS5. You need something to launch I, with. They're going to give us details and whatever the launch title is at E3. I, they're, I'm, I, I'm sure of that. Even if it's not at E3 that's the window you know what i mean that's gonna be a good e3 then if they it's gonna be a good one guys yeah no with them trying to push spider-man to the end of this year without really giving (laughs) us much of anything about them e3 has got to and and unless they do the nintendo thing of just releasing it whenever they feel like sometime before then a state of play yeah if they unless they try to follow that model which when they've tried it before, it hasn't worked as well as Nintendo has done just because they've not really given it a ton of fanfare. It's just like, here's our new stuff. And that kind of works for Nintendo somehow. I, I, um, well, I think the main thing is I think Sony needs to do what Nintendo does with those directs, which is I think they need a voice. They need uh, somebody to, somebody to mm-hmm. get out. And it felt so sterile, everything they did. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. a voiceover mm-hmm. and here's some announcements. They need someone. They need like Mark Cerny or somebody up there with energy talking about what we're showing off and what's coming out. Yeah. Um, Hellblade 2, what was your other one, Josh? Sorry. I got yeah, I've got several two. more than two, but uh, let's see. To narrow it down to just two, I think the next one's got to be Psychonauts 2. Oh, hell yeah. I forgot about for that. for this year? It's what? supposed to be. It's still a Kickstarter, and some of their games have been pushed back. So they have a history of releasing stuff when it's ready. Um but, but we have seen stuff. But we've seen from a the lot game. from it. Like it's playable. Yeah. So they're essentially just working not on making the game even run, but working on content at this point. Um, which, it's polish. Yeah, a little bit of polish, and then just making sure all the content is done. So it seems doable. I do, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be able to finish it, based off of what they've been showing off so far. So I'm super excited about that. I completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of good stuff coming out soon that I'm... Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, it does seem like that one's likely to... Hit its goal. To hit the goal of this year. Man, it's scary to think about. Uh, I do want to say, if you enjoy what we're doing, and this is the first time listening to our podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Uh, one of the great things about the tiers we have there, uh, for example, our $5 tier, you get to support us um, and you get access to a secret Instagram page. We have all sorts of inside jokes. It's like a special little community there. Um, it's definitely worth your five bucks. Not to mention if you get really bold and you like to go to the $10 tier, we have a tier where you get extra podcasts. You enjoy podcasts. Well, guess what? We do a couple more podcasts a month, spoiler shows, Chomping After Dark. We delve into spoilers. We are actually recording a show about control right after this podcast. So um, you get extra content there, and those are great. And if you're feeling really frisky, you do our $20 tier. You get access to everything below that and Skype sessions where you can meet us face-to-face. You can tell me how much you hate or love Death Stranding <laughs> right to my face. Um and everybody else's face, of course. Uh, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So patreon.com slash swordchomp. Your patronage means the world to us. And if you're enjoying the show, just stop whatever you're doing right now. And if you don't want to go there, go to iTunes. Leave us a four or five star rating because that helps us go up the charts as well. So um, 
please, please, please. Um, we have a lot of great merch as well, which I'm going to highlight at the end of the show. I don't want to slap too many numbers and websites and shit at you, but those are the big ones. Rate us or go check out our Patreon page. It, it really helps us uh, grow in the new year of 2020. Um, so this is going to be a lot of fun. So here's what I want to do. I want to give Shay a couple of minutes here to discuss Days Gone, and then I got some fucking hot-ass poll topics that you do not want to miss. All right? Some hot-ass um, titties. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly that. Um, so yeah, Shay, um, I want to give you a couple minutes to talk about uh, Days Gone, you know, as I call Bud Light Affliction Zombie Apocalypse Game. Uh, yeah, that's very different from like the uh, monster energy drink shirt off motorcycle game, right? Mm. They're very distinguishable you know, from each other. Norman Reedus, I think, would have been great in Days Gone. I'm just going to say. If there was ever a the game actor, for Norman Reedus. The actor in Days <laughs> yeah. Gone. Well, that's true. That's Honestly, that's true. But the actor in Days Gone, I've seen him in some other stuff, like the TV show Being Human. Um, I, can't, I can't remember where else I've seen him. He's a solid actor. I mean, he's you know not in the echelon of my favorites but he did he did a pretty good job in the game and i i can see where people take it as like morgan is melodramatically describing it but i will i will say this having finally completed the game after playing as long as i did i was messaging these guys about like man this game just never ends and it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. It's like, I want, there are other things I want to be doing. We're preparing for a Pokemon tournament, other things of that nature. So I was like, man, like, I'm really enjoying this game, but fuck, does it go on forever? Um, and that was honestly, in a lot of ways, a really good thing. Because one thing I found that I actually really loved about this game that I think I would have loved about Red Dead 2 had I had more time was that the pacing is drawn out very, very long. And I think that works perfectly for this type of game, a post-apocalyptic game. Because the whole premise is that basically you and your best friend escape the zombie apocalypse. You guys become drifters. And uh, you as the main character, you are kind of holding on to hope that your wife is still alive. And from there, the story you know, unfolds and it happened over such a long period of time that a lot of these relationships in the game organically develop a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them organically develop. And there comes a point much later in the game where you actually go somewhere else because you get a tip. And this is a slight spoiler, a slight spoiler. So if you don't want to hear this, turn it off now or fast forward 10 minutes that your wife is still alive. And so you go to this completely different area to try and search for your wife. And the game just like felt very sprawling and open yet, you know, closed off enough to where I didn't feel overwhelmed. Like Red Dead 2 almost in some ways, and I compare it to that just because it's another open world game that recently released, felt almost too open at times. Whereas this game felt like it had the right amount of openness for me, which really worked. What what are you grimacing for? Yeah. I'm I'm having trouble dealing with all the days gone red dead comparisons, Mm. but I am going to one of them. I'm going to suck it up and deal. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I don't know how Days Gone does it, so it could be just as poorly handled, but 
Red Dead does open up immediately, and then you'll get cutscenes way later. Like, hey, this is your first time in this town that you visited forty other several times. Time, yeah, um, which is strange. So I don't know. As long as it yeah, does they, that better, yeah, then yeah, the pacing has <laughs> yeah, been that, at least sl- mildly imp- improved. So. And Shay, can I ask you, because this was my impression when I I played Days Gone Closer to launch, um, the the point you talked about where you go to the sort of second map, I remember instinctually getting the feeling that it just felt like a different game. It felt like the game could have ended there, and that next section could have been a sequel. Like, in the way the story's paced, it just, I remember it feeling so strange to me, because it's like everything comes to a head there's this sort of like cliffhangery conclusion, but then it keeps going for so long. Yeah. And like, I I'm going to agree with you in some regards to that. And it's a really good point because I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. I'm going to bring it around. I've been discussing slash arguing with people on social media the past few days about the Pokemon direct, which hopefully we're going to address later. Uh, People are mad about the DLC price. Namely Morgan is one of them as well. um, And whatnot. And he definitely <laughs> argued it on social media. But anyways, um, so people are at varying levels disappointed that Pokemon Sword and Shield is getting DLC instead of the content being included in there. And I think this brings up a really good point, Rich, that some games benefit from it being not necessarily gated, but more like sectioned off as DLC because then it is in essence, treated as an additional story. And like, I liked that you Mm -hmm. go to the different area in search of your wife, but it felt like, I will say this, it felt like the, the story that they were trying to tell in the first half of the game before you go to this other area ended up being vastly different from what happens in the second half. Totally. Like it, it, when you're on that mountain pass with your bike and they're like kind of showing you the way to go, mm. like if credits had rolled there, would I would have been satisfied and unsurprised. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would have been perfect right there, to be honest with you. I love that sequence and I wouldn't have been the least bit shocked if that's where it ended. But then you get to the other side and you're like, oh shit, the, the game's still going. And, and there's hours its, left. Right. And to its credit, that second part, is considerably smaller and there's a lot less to do in that area. So to its credit, I appreciated that, but did you end up finishing the game before I go any further? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. So I finished it yesterday and I messaged you guys about it and the ending felt so fucking, the ending was not my favorite and the ending was probably my least favorite part about the game, because it's like they are building up to where basically your best friend in the game, again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay. Again, um, you, it's built up that, you know, your best friend that you've encountered and you've, you know, interacted with the entire game is going to sacrifice himself to, for you to save your wife. And I was like, oh, come on. Like the second, like that whole sequence was built up. I was like, all right, this is so fucking heavy handed. You know, he's going to sacrifice himself. He's going to last second, save himself. The mel- the, the drama is going to be built up. The suspense is going to be built up. And then he's yeah. going to magically come back. And 
the way they even handled that sequence felt really, really just short. Like it was just like, oh, we're gonna do this, and, and he glazed over how it all happened. I know, I know. I was like, what the fuck? Like, like what do you mean? Was, I was more, fine. <laughs> there's more attention paid to him going over a mountain pass than his best friend <laughs> sacrificing himself for his significant other. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And it just felt so thrown yeah. together. And so. The the sequence I do like is you're going up the mountain pass to get to the arc to basically fight the colonel. But it didn't feel challenging at all because like every five feet has an ammo um ammo box. Oh yeah, so they it's were, like they I'm were really never running out of ammo. There. Like, if I could stockpile for days, I would be like the zombie apocalypse wouldn't be a thing. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is like post-apocalyptic survival. Where the fuck did they get all this ammo from? Like they just have it on the, also I killed side. I killed most of those guys with the baseball bat just because I thought it was funny at that point. Right. I was like, I'm, right. I'm just going to run point. up to these machine gun toting jerks with a, with a baseball bat. Uh-huh. Right. Like dude, at that point, like you're like the game. So is that Colonel, the fascist the I was telling you to kill down. since we was, he was introduced. Yes. Oh, yes, I see. I knew. I knew. Like they, it was. Wait, the, he's the bad guy. Yeah, it was one of those things. I'm like, oh, like so. This is the guy we're supposed to eventually realize is is evil. Is the, I'm like, no, no. I, what if I guess, man as soon as he monster. showed up on Shay's stream, I'm like, kill him, fucking kill him, kill yeah. that guy. <laughs> he's right. no good. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. The world's you, you been know, gone for like, a long time, and he's wearing military fatigue. <laughs> Something's not right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like the thing is. I'm going to say this, and I actually had this conversation this morning with a different person because they were they were talking about their playing. My friend is playing Fire Emblem Three Houses right now, and she was talking about how like she's been predicting a lot of things in media. And the thing I will say about this game is everything's predictable. Everything that's going to happen happens pretty much the way you expect it to. But what makes the story up until that point good? I guess, or redeemable, if you don't like the story, at least, is the pacing is incredibly well done, up until the point that he goes to that mountain pass. That pacing, in my opinion, was fantastic, because of how mm-hmm. it was drawn out, how you're trying to integrate into this world of zombies, and the, these psychopaths, and these marauders, all these different elements, and how you're trying to na- circumnavigate this world, while still, you know, holding on to your I um your ideology and also trying to help your best friend and also search for your dead wife, presumably dead wife and all this other shit. So I really like the pacing up until that mountain pass. And the thing is, like, I'm I'm making fun of the end of the game being super easy, and I think that's really it's a really important distinction to make because I think the game does a really good job of slowly building you up to be able to fight hordes of zombies. Because when I first started the game, I remember I found my first horde in this cave. And I would run in there, and I'd throw a Molotov, and then I'd run out as quick as I can. And then there, I'd, like, attract ten of them, and I'd, like, slowly gun ten of them down, because I was super weak. And I I did that for, like, three or four hours, like, trying to just, like, slowly wipe out this horde, because I wasn't strong enough. But when you get to... And that to, stuff does feel great, like, to its credit like checklisting those those hordes down and just tossing molotovs and watching the fire spread it yes yeah i i love that about the game where it slowly makes you more powerful to the point to where you feel like oh wow i'm just one guy but i'm formidable enough if i am tactful enough to be able to take down a horde of zombies and i really like that 
that that pacing was there not only in story but in gameplay as well and it made it really really fun so it was just so head scratching when you get to the end of the game and you're doing this like final story beat and you are just fucking decimating everybody and it's not even remotely difficult at all mm-hmm. and i got like one one of the characters in the game like that colonel isn't even the worst one josh there's a there's a character in there named schizo and this is where oh, i will I agree with morgan schizo. about the whole fucking affliction wearing bullshit because this guy is like he is the wannabe white rapper out of great falls montana and um ah. he he is like he is fucking terrible and like he is the guy I wanted to kill more than anybody in that game cuz he betrays um the good people he actually kills one of the good people and I was like all right this guy is like he needs some justice but when I, you I gotta to- tell you, I give credit for Schizo for keeping up that facade, even when the world's ended. Like he's like, I'm gonna still keep being this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like who, who, who committed. wants? Like where who the wants fuck to do are that, you getting, you know? Vago? Like when you get to that end point to actually kill <laughs> oh, him, no. it was actually very, very uncharted four esque in that like you're doing a quick time event to defeat him, but the quick, quick time event, yeah. yeah, but the quick time event was lame. It was two button mash and then you kill him. And I was like, hmm, all right. And then the colonel. He was like, don't even trip, dog. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's right before you kill him. (laughs) He looks you right in the face and he says, bro, I'm straight up not having a good time. (laughs) He says, I'm Pickle Uh, Rick. And then just. (laughs) No, but (laughs) um, the, the colonel, you don't even kill yourself. It's a it's a it's a. I always forget these full motion video. It's a full motion video that you watch. Mm, yeah, yeah, FMV stuff. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it, the ending, the ending just felt like so thrown together. To get together, together. It's just thrown and together. Just, uh, oh, they built all these threads and didn't know how to co- like. They didn't mm. know how to end it. Right. Threads, they didn't know how to bookend it. Will. Essentially, they didn't know how to bookend it. But Who I'm going to say this. But if you will. <laughs> To wrap, wrap up, <laughs> God damn it. to wrap up my thoughts i think it's a really fun game i i absolutely enjoyed um the pacing of the game up until the point that you go to the mountain pass um i enjoyed a lot of the scenery and the graphics are phenomenal in this game i enjoyed the slow build up to you becoming a one man army and how that truly feels in the game, being able to go into an area where there's literally hundreds of zombies and you're like, I can fucking wipe them out. It's going to be difficult, but I can do it. It doesn't feel impossible anymore. It feels like a feasible task. But I will say that yeah. when you get to that second part of the game, and it's, it's a much smaller second part, it almost derailed the entire experience for me just because like, they inter- introduce all these new characters and a lot of them are fucking annoying and terrible. And it's just like, they try and sh- like, they almost undid everything that they were doing in that first half where, um, you know, they're slowly acclimating you to these characters and they, they grow on you over time because it's such a long game. And that's such a beautiful thing. And then they throw in all these other characters during the much shorter second part and you're supposed to either love or hate these characters. And it just, it didn't, 
it didn't quite hit the mark I think they were going for. So I I would still say it's worth playing because it is a very fun game. It is a very beautiful game. It does a lot of things right. But that second part of that game was like almost completely ruined the experience. Noticeably weaker for sure. Yes, yes. And that see and that that would have been a good DLC content that should have been in there. Or mm-hmm. whether it was a free or, DLC. Or even a full or- sequel where they kind of had more time to flesh out that idea yeah. and maybe tell that narrative a little bit better. Yeah. Right. I would have like, just like, make the first narrative you know, because God, better, you know? Like like the the newest God of War game, you know, when it dropped, like it's such a like that ending was like, oh fuck, like I want to see where it goes next because it kind of just ends in a whimper in a way, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. And right after but, the first act break. Right, exactly. And but uh-huh. you know like what's coming, you know a new game is coming. And for instead of them just like cramming like another ten like, oh, hours. Oh, this is a trilogy. You. No go figure. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> it was, right. Um, they could have done exactly what God of War did and just separated the two and fleshed out that second mm-hmm. part a lot more. I agree with you, Rich. You think anyone's still surprised at the end of like a movie or, or a video game at this point in the world? They're like, wait a minute, they're going to make another one of these. Mm. Um, speaking of right? trilogies, I think, I think we can talk whoa, about whoa. this yeah. without um, spoilers for Josh and Shay. And uh, yeah, thank you for that roundup on days gone. Shay, <laughs> I still have to live. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I won't take any more shots at days gone. See, I'm, I am taking, I am a kind person today. I am being a good person. Because um, I've only played an hour, that. or I've only played two hours of Days Gone, and uh, unlike some people on the show, I will not rip a game if I've only played a couple hours. I actually do <coughs> like the, the Days Gone counter. By the way, I want to say I like that menu thing. Like when you pause, it tells you how many in-game days you've played. How many days? Dude, I fucking yeah. love that. How many like, days are gone? The menus in that game mm-hmm. are. I I. It's weird for me to talk about menus, oh, but the menus no. in that game are very very easy to understand, which I loved about it. That's good interface helps. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it it does it very um, well. But I will admit, with how sensitive the touchpad is with those menus, there are times where I'm like firefighting, and then I accidentally my thumb slips and I nick the touchpad, and all of a sudden I'm in a menu. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh fuck! Throw your momentum off a little bit. Yes. Oh, <clears throat> last thing. Last thing I'm going to say about this game. I promise. This is a really funny story that you guys are going to appreciate. I think I told you guys last week, but I'm going to tell you again. So I'm, there's a part where you're going over that mountain pass, and when you come out the other side, you immediately get into a fight with a zombie bear. Do you remember this, Rich? In the snowy yeah. area? Yeah. So you're, mm-hmm. you're immediately ha- having to fight a zombie bear, and I'm freaking the fuck out because there's, like, there's nowhere you can really stand up and high enough to avoid the zombie bear. You just you got to use your duck and rolls. You got to use your... Weapons At best, the- you got that one little like hunting lodge that you can try and climb up yeah. on. Right, right, and I, I actually I was just running around the car, blasting him, <laughs> just run around, shoot him a bit, and then run around the other side and shoot him a bit, which is pretty cheap. But um, I'm sitting there fighting him, and it's like late at night, and I think it's like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm starting to get drowsy, but I'm still fucking like I'm still a little like I'm drowsy amped up like i'm like i'm i'm tired as fuck but i'm still like amped up from killing the zombie bear and i left my phone on vibrate didn't even think about it it's on top of my table um my little kotatsu that i'm playing uh you know what a kotatsu is right rich i don't need yeah okay cool Uh, for those that don't know no no i'm with you 
Okay, kotatsu, for people that don't know, is a heated table. Like, you put a nice blanket um, in between two of the, the, the tops. Like, there are two tops to the table. You put a blanket in between, and you, you sit underneath it, and there's a heater underneath it, and the blanket traps that heat. It's super nice. It's a very Japanese thing. I love it. I, I got one this winter. And so I'm sitting there, and my, my phone is on vibrate on top of my kotatsu on the table portion. And like I'm sitting there blasting this bear. All of a sudden, my phone goes, and I, dude, I almost shit my fucking pants because I'm fighting a zombie bear, and my phone scared the shit out of me. And like I had to pause the game for like a good minute because I almost had a fucking heart attack because of that phone. But yeah, man, like (laughs) I, I love, I love a lot of the creatures in that game too, like the zombie bears and the zombie. Uh, crows and the zombie wolves. I like that that aspect too. But I thought that story would be pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, good, good, solid game to play if you have nothing better to play, and if you like zombie games, for sure. Um, okay, so yeah, I'll just rewind my segue. Uh, speaking of trilogies, um, yes, we uh, I was. I'm one of the pull- so we're on the pull topics every th- Monday. Sorry, you got me all thrown off, Shay. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> no uh, every Monday, we will post uh, usually late at night. If it's a really long day, it'll be at like midnight. But um, we'll post our pull topics for the week. You vote on them. We discuss them on the show. And sometimes they allow us to hit a variety of things like The Witcher, which maybe we wouldn't talk about for a topic of the show, but s- strong opinions I'm sure about now. Um, I don't want to spoil anything for Josh and Shay. I think me and Rich could probably talk about this briefly. I'm assuming so. Josh, you and Shay have not seen Rise of the Skywalker yet, correct? I've no, not, but seen I read the Reddit Jedi post. Or... You read the Reddit post? Well, I mean, also no, but like, yeah, like it. Guys, the Emperor is the bad guy. Yeah. No, I, I get the whole. What? I get the God whole. No, it, no, we'll just we'll fuck? make we'll make the angry I'm nerds sorry. happy. So. Uh no. yeah. Here's They're... here's the thing. I I haven't seen them with Star Wars, and you have my blessing. I don't really care about the spoilers. I already know what happens in the Last Jedi because it's been a few years. Even though I haven't seen it, people have already spoiled it, so it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Yeah. No. There's there's okay, not really well... anything to spoil with Star Wars. Yeah, because at the end it's like oh, there's another trilogy. Dun dun dun. Yeah, well, yeah, usually. <laughs> yeah, it's more like their moments you could spoil. Maybe, I don't know, it depends on if you're not sensitive to it. Like, well, those moments only deal. give themselves like 14 seconds to breathe before uh, throwing throwing any uh, gravitas they might have had out the window. The Well, the interesting thing, Rich, and we were talking a lot about this in the group chat, so I'm sorry you guys were exposed to all this, but I was thinking a lot about it, watching Star Wars with my kid. Uh, still think Force Awakens is perfect. I know, Rich, you're a huge Last Jedi fan. It's the best Star Wars um, movie since Empire. I like both of them a lot. I could there, if I it, there's about thirty percent. I think of Last Force, Je- Force Awakens is great. It's just uh, it's very nostalgia driven uh, film, and I think Rise of Skywalker drives that home in ways that I don't think are that great. Rise of Skywalker drives home nostalgia. It, it drives home. Nostalgia, using nostalgia to play it safe in ways that oh, don't yeah, feel yeah. rewarding. So all those things that you thought were neat twists on the old formula? No, it was just the old formula. 
It's actually yeah. the same yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> is kind of what that one does. Well, like, in fact, oh, it was the same oh, bad guy from last time. It was the same thing well, all along. The the little things that I going back with my daughter and watching The Force Awakens that I I realized I like so much were like the little world building things like when you see Ray like go to her house and how she makes food and stuff like that with yeah. mm-hmm. being a junkard or like um uh, like how it's actually surprisingly artistic compared to the other ones because you just got the feeling that J.J. Abrams wasn't in a hurry like he didn't have the rush to bring a lot of stuff together so it's like all these the long Skywalker. shots of them like. Is the driving along of... the sand dunes and stuff like that. Like it's just like a really artistic film too. A lot of good world building, and then I think Agreed. the story is, yeah. So I I just fucking love that movie. But and I also really like the Last Jedi. Um, even mm. if it even if a lot of the roads went to nowhere, the the core stuff with Ray was interesting. I thought, and you know, Luke drank those uh, the milk from those weird alien. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, so, he did. <laughs> you can't. That gave me one of my bigger No Man's Sky posts of the year, so I'm happy with that. Um, but uh, the Rise of Skywalker look, I think objective, I can tell you that I took my family and the moments that landed in that movie, I thought landed and we had a good time. On retrospect, when you sit back and think of it as a whole, it is perplexing because it's very clear reading interviews with both of the directors that when they made the first movie, I know this sounds like an impossible thing to say, but it seems very clear that they did not inform everyone who was going to make the other Star Wars movies that they had a, some sort of a plan. Um, like J.J. Abrams and whoever he worked with to make, let's say, The Force Awakens, they may have had these ideas in their head about Palpatine. Let's say they did. Who knows? They, For some reason, it didn't seem like Ryan Johnson knew what those plans were I, making The Last Jedi. I also don't believe they had those ideas in their head. No, no I think it doesn't those, seem like I it. think those ideas appeared shortly after the the reddit posts about the last jedi and yes i think yeah. the most c- conclusive evidence of that is uh and we had this conversation in the group chat morgan which was when i went one of my biggest questions going into that film was how are they going to explain the emperor returning and the answer was they weren't because they were going to do it in the <laughs> fucking text crawl the text crawl yeah and i talked to my sister the about that speak. and she was she was so nice about it she's like oh well you know they put it right in the text he's just kind of like he's been there and i'm like okay you can do that but it's like he's just been hanging out in the corner yeah. of the galaxy so yeah. yeah. somehow his- fell out of the death star and and just survived <laughs> It, he basically he appears in the first two minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. and Kylo Ren's like, "Hey, how are you alive?" And he's just like leaving a whole lot of questions that don't need to be answered. Yeah, yeah he just <laughs> no, no, he's 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 distantly related to Master Chief. He can just do that. Yeah, he can just uh, well, he, he can just survive a fall into a planet's orbit. And Palpatine, what are you mm-hmm. doing here? Giving the Covenant back their bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just weird because he's like hooked. <laughs> he's like hooked up to a weird machine, like a like an invalid or something. So you have to imagine what all these people went through the trouble of finding him. So I'll hook him up to this weird machine that he can float around on and tell people what to do, even though he clearly doesn't seem to have a lot of powers. It's just, the whole thing is strange. I like to assume in the final edit for the movie, there's just like two Sith troopers moving like cargo onto a ship and they're like, Hey, why are we listening to this guy? And he goes, just shut up and move the cargo, Neil. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't ask any questions. Um, but the thing with Kylo Ray and Ren stuff, because they're, they're such incredible actors. Kylo Ray. Kylo Ray, yeah. Ky- Kylo Ren and Ray, all as actors, are just incredible, and I think they carry the whole thing. But that's Agreed, the problem. It's like, yeah. Let's say we all agree that Palpatine wasn't in the original plan. 
then that makes it even weirder to me because that means that they made The Force Awakens, but they didn't have a plan where it was going to go. That seems stranger that they were just like, okay, Ryan Johnson, here you go. Have fun with it. And that that's cool in theory, right? But like, why would you start a new trilogy without a blueprint where you, it's going to finish? Have, have you heard of J.J. Abrams? I don't know if you gentlemen are familiar with Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Dude, it's I thought like, I Lost, but where they, like, what I said about Days Gone, where that show started and what it was trying to build towards to where it ended was nothing alike one another at all. I, my favorite Lost story ever is when Lost was on TV, uh, my mother called me one night to tell me she caught an episode of Lost uh, on TV and started watching it thinking it was a movie. And then when the episode <laughs> ended, she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just thought it was like a little that, short. That sounds yeah, like that's basically any episode of Lost. <laughs> like, yeah. it, it could have been any of them. <laughs> basically yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, yes, I get that. I'm just saying, with something like Star Wars, you'd think they'd have a basic, like, okay, this is where it's going to go. You know, that's very, it seems like a very simple thing to yeah, have. Well, it almost seems like you should write out at least a very rough idea of what your trilogy yes. is before you start filming. You, you know what I mean? Like, like you, you pick up the phone and call Ryan through. Johnson and be no. like, hey, by the way, I just wanted you to know that you do whatever you want, but Palpatine needs to come back. So just keep that in mind. No, no, Actually, she, my new narrative she was, is that she was given. <laughs> A free screener copy of the first movie, and then the the sales of action figures from the first movie is what she was given need, going into that. We need like, a snow these, these are the ones figure. we need more of, and uh, <laughs> we need more screen time for C three PO's red arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thing that's got to be infuriating for people like uh, Rich and people like me going back and watching the Last Jedi again, and like liking the core stuff with Ray and Luke a lot, is that that movie reviewed really well. It has like a 93 mm. tomato meter. Like critics loved it uh, just as much as The Force Awakens. Movie. It was the fans that ripped the fuck out of it. And then they kind of backed out of it. And it's like, I remember going to the theater when that movie first came out. And I promise you, the theater I saw it with was like literally cheering. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it was weird because then suddenly I started talking to people that didn't like it. I'm like, that was a very different experience than what I had yeah. when I was in there. I, I think um, I, I, I've said like multiple times, I remember going to see that film, walking out of the theater being like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. And then Twitter informed me that I'm a fool mm-hmm. and <laughs> that I should just, I should just go die. Just go die. Anyways, I, and I, so still I think, did. <laughs> <laughs> I would say objectively, I still think this movie's worth seeing. I still think that the stuff with Ray and Kylo is great and there's enough moments to recommend it. But as a conclusion to this thing, looking back on it, it is like, man, it could have been so much more. It could have been so much more. And that sucks um, because I like makes, Ray. I think the characters are so good, you know, totally it makes me wonder if like Disney has at all had like a profound impact on that because they have a very, you know, specific way they want certain stories told and they have a certain amount of hand in whatever is released, I believe. And I know that, you know, the the prequels weren't that great. So, I mean, this is debatably a noticeable step up trilogy wise from those prequels. But it also makes me wonder if, you know, anything was kind of dumbed down or withheld from this game because of um or not this game this uh movie trilogy oh, because so cool. of Disney. <laughs> yeah yeah movie it's possible 
I think Disney possible, will, will run a tighter ship with Star Wars going forward in the sense of like everyone being on the same page. I like think they've, they've learned. Yeah, <laughs> they learned, yeah. I think they very much were like letting JJ steer the ship and then they were like, oh, that was a mistake. And uh, I think going forward with whatever they do with Star Wars that we know they're going to be doing films apart from the Skywalker well, saga. Uh, yeah. I, I think you there'll be more coherency and probably adhere a little bit more to the sort of formula they approach Marvel films with. That's the weird thing. I think he did such a good job with the first one that I was expecting him to knock it out of the park with the third one. It was just like, oh, he's worried more about cleaning up some weird mess that wasn't really a mess. And Yeah, some yeah. fixing problems that don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of even, he could even just take his own creativity and take what Ryan Johnson did and do something fun with that too. But it was just, it's the first time I ever was like, wow, maybe JJ Abrams really, you know, let's be honest about this. Maybe he did feel a lot of stress and pressure to please everyone with this film. Um, and he was put in a tough spot, which you could make a case that he put himself in that spot by, yeah. by not having a better plan. So I don't know. Whole thing's kind of fucked. When you agree to film a Star War, I think you already put yourself in a pretty bad spot. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, after the first one, there was nobody I talked to that didn't like The Force Awakens. I was like, oh my God, they did it. They fucking did it. And then it was just like, all of a yeah. sudden, the problems started happening again. Well, so, no, I think that's, this is an issue with J.J. Abrams in general. Like, he, continuing a story, having something lead somewhere is just not something he's, if, if you don't tell me he has to wrap up all the threads right now. And like this yeah. has to go somewhere. It's, it it's way harder to write endings. It, yeah, it yes. becomes an issue later on. It's kind of the issue. Like, oh, I can just kick that down the road. We'll make all these mysterious yeah. things, and we'll eventually figure out what they are. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't. But even happen. I don't know what they are right now because, like, you look at the things he's done extremely well. Like his his work on the Star Trek movies, excellent because he's got to wrap mm. the whole damn thing up in the one movie. And yeah, like. Yeah, like I, the first one, arguably more so than the second. Mm-hmm. Yes, but, but yeah, definitely like the can... first one much more than the second one. Mm-hmm. I did not like the second one. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't I was... dislike the second one. Not to get into Star Trek. No, I but just... it it just wasn't as good as the first one. No, yeah. and I I will say as being a fan of both Star Trek and I was a fan of the newer movies. Not as much so as obviously like TNG or DS Nine, like so many people. Um, and being a big fan of Lost at the time that it was airing, I was the probably the biggest Lost fan you guys have ever known, actually, and I just never admit it anymore. <laughs> but um, no, I was such a huge Lost fan. <laughs> now song. I know better. <laughs> yeah. He said the whole thing was Hurley's dream. <laughs> what? No. It was the dog's dream? But um, I th- I think that has always been a problem of J.J. Abrams directing is like, not necessary because he's not the writer. He's the director. He always has a clear vision at the beginning when he's given a script, when he is given a story, he has such a clear vision of how to start it. And it starts so strong. Like the starting of season one of lost is in my opinion, still some of the best TV that has ever existed. That first season is fucking good. Insane. It is up there with the top 10 yeah. best seasons of television of all time. In my right. opinion, fucking book it. Interesting. And I also think the beginning of the 2009 Star Trek movie is phenomenal. It is such a good start to a movie. He just like along the way, he just loses sight. I don't understand it. I've like, I, 
I, I he's way better at starting it. stories than finishing them. He is, mm-hmm. and, or yeah. even perpetuating them, he's or keeping them going. going. Whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. he he has such a strong beginning, and it's like he would benefit so. Like I understand directors work alone more more often than not, unless it's like a comedy film, which like brothers work on it or some shit. But I think he would benefit so much from having a second director there to kind yeah. of like co-direct with him because he can start help him moving. guide the ship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, why absolutely. are we all standing feel, around a summer camp talking? I don't I feel know. Like he's the, I don't know, but <laughs> no, <laughs> we should t- get some details in. I feel like he's like the improv guy of writing movies. Like, yes. And <laughs> like, he just keeps yes. Ending it. And then there's too many threads to tie up. He's, he's like, he's like that guy that like people make fun of in like comedy skits and bits he's like Uh okay inherently this thing happened so now we're gonna do this and people are like the fuck you know i feel like that probably happens from time to time on his sets well the bounty hunter was chewbacca all along this is a trickier case i think because he didn't have control of the middle portion for and again we've already been over it so i don't need to beat it to a pulp but it's important to to make the distinction here that he actually did write both the movies. He wrote the first one, which was great, and then the last one, which we had issues. So he does actually write, do a lot of the writing along with other people, um, not just the directing. But I just, you're right. I agree with you guys. Like everything you said about Lost and Star Trek, I would say for The Force Awakens, it's weird. He just, he just really good at that. Now I don't want us to slam our um, our fans here because um, we love them to death, and and Chomp Nation polls are law even if we uh, disagree with them. But I do want to read these very brief results, and then we move on to the hot topic, all right? I asked our audience last week, as we were off, if they disagreed or agreed with the Rotten Tomato meter on the Star Wars films, okay? Um, Episode 7, critics and fans liked it, so I didn't put a pull-up for that. Star Wars The Last Jedi, I said, who do you agree more with, the critics or the general audience? And 60% said they agreed with the general audience. They didn't like it. Sorry, Rich. And with the rise, (laughs) and with the rise of Skywalker, seventy percent of our audience said they agreed with the general audience that it was great. So, like, we are—it's fun. It's a fun movie. Yes, it's. I don't agree with the critics that they're not saying it's not recommendable. I would still. I think it's worth your money to see in theaters. Absolutely, but it's just knowing that it feels disjointed will just constantly. tear at your, your skull my daughter doesn't know any better she's seven you know and my wife enjoys the series for what she doesn't give a fuck she enjoyed it right but for mm. people like us it's just gonna rip at your fucking skull the whole time because you're like ah oh, this piece does not fit I'm perfectly they're going give me a script i can fix this it's like the the tool song i know the pieces fit all right uh so let's go to come on shay why am I the only person? What the fuck was uh, that? Your mind to be Schism. <laughs> I yeah, I know what schism is. That was not fat. schism. That was something completely different. Well, schism, you know. That's all I got. You, you tried. Uh, so if you did the bass line, one. that would have been better. Now that I think about it. God, that bass line. I... That is the one tool song that gets me fucking turgid because of that bass line. Well, there might be hope for you yet. Um, all right. So let's see here. The Witcher, Wet for Witching. All right. Let me just get this out of the way so you guys can come all over Henry Cavill's face. Okay. I just have to say this. I got some good comments to read. Josh, did you end up watching The Witcher or have you vetoed it from your account? I might eventually get around to it if I can ever be... Just muster up the shit 
to to give to to actually go see it? Probably not going to happen. Maybe. I like the imagery of you mustering shit, though. Just somehow mustering it up inside uh-huh. of you, as um, one does. Almost yes. similar to mustarding shit. Mustering. Shit. <laughs> yeah. It's mustard shit. Yeah, mustard shit. Uh, my my infant had the mustard shits, so the yellow shits. Uh-huh. They, yes. They were first born. Yeah. The oh, cool. I'm uh, glad we're talking about that. That's fun. Uh, so, okay, hot takes. I'm just gonna get mine out of the way if you guys can just give me like a minute here, okay? And then I want to hear you guys' thoughts. I, I will say this, I ended up enjoying the series for what it was, and I love the Witcher 3 game, and actually made me want to go back and play it a little bit. Um, my biggest, right from the get-go, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, the opening scene in the show is this, the one thing I was looking forward to a lot, which is the spider they showed in the preview. It's like this big, giant, demonic spider thing that lives in the swamp. And the first five minutes of the show is like this deer walking up to this pond and you see these bubbles and you're like, oh no, this deer, there's something in there that's going to jump out and kill it and it's going to be scary. And then this big spidery thing jumps out and slashes at the deer, but also underneath its rib cage is Geralt, the witcher, and he's stabbing you with a sword and they're fighting up and down. And uh, me and my wife just kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay. And they get into one of those like sort of, you know cliche battles underwater where the hero drops his sword and reaches for it for seven minutes trying to find it underwater before grabbing it at the last second and stabbing the monster in the in the face and killing it and i looked at my wife and i said okay so the it was creeping up to attack the deer while also fighting girl underwater and we went back and watched it again and we're like that actually doesn't make sense if it's busy fighting girl it's not going to try and sneak up on this deer and then he makes this big deer. Um, basically, what the director wanted to do is they wanted to have a scene where he suspense. makes a big deer. It's like the director said, I want the scene where the deer is creeping along in the audience, but I also want the surprise of Geralt of Rivia hiding underneath the beast. And I'm just like, at that moment, I'm like, well, was, this show's was, not going to be Was he just that. hanging out, just waiting until yes, the deer was hanging out. distracted for a good him. moment? Distracted I, that spider? I didn't take it like that. That's I how they literally just, gave a shit about Geralt. Mm. I thought that they were fighting under the water, like they were wrestling under the water. So I think you need to buck that trend right now. And the deer just happened to buy, yeah. They're wrestling. <laughs> They're just wrestling. They're just wrestling. No, what happened is the, the original script was that this was going to be, you know. Um... <laughs> this was Geralt's love interest. <laughs> yes, Don't, yes, no, like, no. They were, yeah, yeah, they like, were yeah. totally a, a thing. Don't you think it's possible that they were just wrestling? No, no, they were totally getting it on there. And then that spider saw that I mean, that, I do like to deer, fawn over that, that deer idea. Like, just... like when mommy and daddy wrestled? Mm-hmm. They were. I even like the idea that Geralt would use this poor baby deer to lure something out, but like it was just like, okay, well, this is going to be scattershot, and I didn't like the first two episodes, but the second episode piqued my interest with all the Yennefer going through her training or whatever, and she was like this deformed chick, but you could still tell she was hot, even though she was a hunchback. And then the third episode was where I actually was like, okay, this was a really good episode. It's where it all came together for me. It was the Strig yeah, episode. I agree. Um. And that was, and that was the episode where it was the most like the games, where Geralt's just living his Witcher life, trying to help people out. There was implications on a larger scale, but that that third episode was where me and my wife we almost bailed in the second. In the I know that was I can't believe I missed that. <laughs> what do you call my like deer puns? Was there a lot of deer puns? There were there so many shit? deer puns. Yes, deer. <laughs> dude, there were. Dude, I was throwing them all in. I was like, here, I'll mm-hmm. recap them just so you guys can grow in a second time. I said, you need to buck What'd that trend. 
I oh, said that. Oh, gotcha. And I okay. said, Doe, do you think that's possible? And you guys missed that one. And then I also said, <laughs> I could fawn over that idea. And you guys missed that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Some of them completely <laughs> were missed. By uh, by the group, they were. And some, yeah, of them, like, yeah. some of them were intentionally ignored by others of the group. <laughs> they just got lost in the sauce. They got lost in the I'm sauce. I'm just gonna let this go. Attribute it to, mm-hmm. like you guys were so amazed that you guys just couldn't, you couldn't even grasp the intellect that I was using there. I understand. There, it's okay. That's what well, happens. I was, happens to the best. I was trying us. to enjoy the the dialogue between us, but also I was trying to explain something so I couldn't have full, you know, as soon as you're going to talk about something, you're trying to hear things as well, you know, talking and hearing problems. Yeah. Um, you're trying to enjoy the dialogue while not listening to the dialogue. I got it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but so basically, yeah, I like, I liked all the episodes, but there was only like two where it was more about Garal just living his witcher life. Cause that's what I love about the game is just him being a witcher. And this felt like more of an emphasis on the overarching storyline, which i still did think it was interesting. I don't really want to get into the whole golden talking dragon, mm-hmm. old man falling off a cliff episode, which also shook me in a weird way. But that uh, is, uh, <laughs> that's one of the best short stories in that book. Uh, is it? Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of people who come to this with a lot of like pre witcher knowledge are going to get more out of it because like, just as someone who doesn't know anything about it, if you've um, read like not even just the games, I mean, if you've read the novels, I think I took more away from it for that. And the disjointedness is like sort of a, um, it's a side effect of the material they're adapting for season one because it is just two collections of short stories that they're adapting. I think that's potential. I think season two could like. I think the performances are good. Like I like Jennifer. And I like Geralt. Like, but it's like me and Josh used to joke about. You have to like Geralt for what he is, which is a a guy who walks around going, Ugh, "Fuck yeah, ah, fuck." You know, like but he, see, that's just he, the thing. He he's less of that in the in the books and even the games so much. I think Cavill really has a, a good way about playing him. Um, and yeah. we might see Geralt's actually really witty, uh, which like he talks a lot in the in the novels, in the game, a little more like, humorous than the game. Yeah, the game one doesn't really strike. Me he's as a yeah, he's 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 quick. He's witty. Like, and I, I think that we could do a little bit more of that. I think Henry Cavill plays him fantastically. Like he, he really kind of captured his take on the character and is doing it really well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Shay, I know you got some hot takes. Yeah, I like because I was such a big fan of Witcher 3, I felt like um Henry's portrayal of Geralt was a just a different interpretation. It's not wrong, I don't think. It's just a different interpretation. And when I first saw screenshots, totally. I yeah. it I was totally guys, different than the I, way I played him. Right. Exa- well, yeah, exactly. And the thing is <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Josh. You know, I thought you were being serious. Shut the fuck up. Oh well, no, no, I am, but also, <laughs> damn you. No, like when I saw when I first saw screenshots last year, I told you guys I was like I couldn't give a fuck less about this series. To be honest with you, like because in my in my opinion, hold on just a second. I have someone at my door. I apologize. Oh, he Christmas is here. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Let's just let's just shit all over his tape. Okay, so about The Witcher. Uh Rich, I know you're a big fan of the books and obviously we all love the game except Josh. He's the only one here who hates it. Um Fantastic. I will game. say it did inspire me to go back and play The Witcher Three, and I will say that I still I love totally it. didn't put another forty hours into The Witcher Three because of this. Oh <laughs> yeah. I, I played it for like three days and then I realized that 
it's too much of a task. Like you said, it's better off to play Blood and Wine and Heart of Stone because it's just too much game. Like I one there was one night where I literally just walked around this town doing quests for people and it took like story quests and it took like four hours and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this right it's now. So damn good. I know it's excellent. Like the right the, like just the things you encounter in that game are just so natural. Like it's at, it's excellent, but the combat still is not good. Like the combat in The Witcher yeah. 3 was not good. In 2015, and it's, it's still not good. It's I'm glad I. It's not. Fi- it's not good. It's but taken it works. years, but I finally brought you guys around on that. I would. <laughs> <Brought me laughs> on the combat yeah. not being good. No, Rich is right, though. Saying it's not good is unfair. Serviceable also, is there, um, better. There's there's certain mods I use on the PC version that change the combat quite a bit. Uh, make it a little bit more parry heavy. They make uh the oh, sort okay. of uh the buildup of uh adrenaline uh more vital. Uh, I also use a couple of mods that uh, auto equip uh, like basically if you take a quest uh, on where it's like oh I'm hunting a vampire like if you enter a vampire's den like it'll auto equip like vampire oil oh that's mm. helpful yeah yeah, yeah. That, it just, that you spend less time jumbling around in menus oh fuck yeah that's the thing and like it reminds me of that weird era of like Assassin's Creed combat with like the way the character jumps around but like not even as elegant and it's not you're right it's serviceable rich it's not fair to say it's bad it's it gets the job done it's not not always in the most of the, the best way but it gets it done yeah and I, like I always yeah there is a like combat 2.0 mod for the PC version of the Witcher 3 which like makes it way better it makes it a lot more parry heavy and it makes adrenaline matter yeah, my sister played it and she was like, dude, I, I just hate it and it's really hard and I just don't enjoy it. And I'm like, just put it on easy yeah. if you want the story and then she put do, it on easy and she's been loving it. I either need to do easy, it, so. like you're saying, or get that mod, like Rich is saying, because the combat mm-hmm. just was not there. It was like, it was difficult, but combat not in a good a way at yeah. all. It was like, no, why don't you no, go grind no. for a while? Because there's nothing you can do about this not working well. And as a heads up to anyone who's never played it, The Witcher 2 is like that turned up to 11. Uh, oh my god. Uh, the, it, the combat gets so hard in The Witcher 2 unless you're grinding out. Mm. Um, also, there's another mod that I would recommend in conjunction with that that makes weapon degradation not nearly as bad. <laughs> Especially when you're parrying that... a lot, your weapons get damaged a lot faster. The only reason to play that now would be just for the story, in which case I say pop it on easy and just enjoy the story in the world, which are still excellent. Um... That's my personal. By the way, Shay came back and he he got his hot sauce from Josh in the mail. So that's what he was so excited. The about. mail, you said. We were so, just talking about that too. Yeah. So I was just really quick aside, and then I do want to finish my thoughts on Witcher. Uh, I was talking with Josh earlier last year. I had I was talking with somebody on Twitter, and they had mentioned to me about this hot sauce that was made with stout beer and chocolate, and it was called Punch Drunk. And I was super excited about it. Searched online here in Japan. Japan gets like four hot sauces. That's it. They get like, I can't even remember. Blair's line of sauce, like Blair's hot or sudden death, mega death. And they have a uh, uh, Mexican inspired hot sauce as well. And then they also get Tabasco, which is Morgan's favorite. And then they get like one other hot sauce. And so, any any hot sauce I want, I have to get imported, essentially. And I was searching online to see if I could get this hot sauce on there, but it, for, from what I thought, I didn't think they could ship to Japan, but apparently they can, because Josh had it shipped here, and I'm fucking excited. I'm so excited. Thank you, Josh. Very, very oh, you're much. You're welcome. 
Thank Very you kind. so much. Very kind. So okay. excited for this hot Witcher. But, Give me your hot Witcher yes, take. Witcher. All right. <laughs> My spicy. Too hot to Witcher handle. Take. Spice. My punch drunk Witcher take. Okay, anyways. Um, no more jokes. No more jokes. Um, yeah, the combat was not the, mo- the, the strongest aspect of Witcher 3. And I would be interested to go back to it now because I played it in 2016. And I, you know... It's been almost four years since I played it. Actually, no, it has. No, it's been three years since I played it. Excuse me. I played it in 2017. And I was much more of an apologist towards kind of like that Oblivion, Skyrim, Witcher 3 hack and slash, throwing mm-hmm. some spells inter- intermittently in there. I was much more of an apologist with that. I don't know if in 2010, I. Or, excuse, 2010, 2020, I am as much of an apologist now. Year of our Lord, 2010. That's right. (laughs) That's right. I don't know if I'm as much of an apologist, so I definitely want to go back and play it. But uh, just a little aside, as far as the TV show is concerned, I liked a lot of it. Uh, The beginning, uh, Morgan, I understand your confusion of that. I thought that was a good indicator of kind of like what, what Geralt of Rivia does. Like he is a, he's like a sword for hire essentially. And that's what he was doing. He was killing a demon essentially, or not a demon, a monster. And I think, I think that was a good scene to kind of depict that it started off a little bit slow at first. Um, like the first episode, I wasn't super high on it. And then I started really getting into it by the second episode and I really enjoyed it. And then towards the end, the end episodes are not terrible. I think they were a little bit weaker. Weirdly enough, where we criticize J.J. Abrams for having a very good start on a lot of his, uh, you know, his films or his TV shows, this TV show felt like it was so much stronger in the middle. I really enjoyed the middle of this show a lot. The The middle, yeah. The beginning and the end were definitely the weaker parts of the show, Um, but it's it's a solid show for what it is. I had next to no expectations, and it was really enjoyable and. I think I think that can be spoken to by the simple fact that I don't know if he has mentioned this while I was gone, but people were streaming Witcher 3 and playing Witcher 3 on stream or on Steam now in 2020 more than when the game first dropped. Like that's yeah, the impact yeah, that's that this crazy. TV show has had. And which is oh, crazy. huge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think Josh, when he goes, if, and when he goes into it, he's going to pick it apart because all the, all the, uh, places that are talking about how good of a TV show it is. I think that it's good in the sense that it's super enjoyable. It's super campy. It, like we, we got to note that like there, the level of camp sometimes in the show uh breaches the same level of Xena Warrior Princess or like the Hercules TV it show. It does feel like Sorbo. <laughs> it feels like that cheaper high Ooh. fantasy. Yeah. Yes. It has Where that level it, it, of high fa- fantasy in 2020 though, is the difference. Yeah, that's the thing. And it always brings me back to I think yeah. like uh when they first showed that poster with like the first screen test of Henry Cavill as Geralt. And I'm like, wow, everything else looks great. It's weird that they decided to buy the wig at Party City. Right, uh-huh. right, exactly. I, I, well, I guess like, she, some what of I the was... special... Go ahead. 
No, I, no, you're fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll wait. I'll, some of the special effects are super fucking campy. Like I remember when he, like he, like yeah. he's traveling and he hears something in the bush and he thinks it's this like cute little creature and then it just like or uh the sorry the bard and then Geralt has to fight that creature and it props itself up and it's this massive like creature and those special effects were so fucking campy. I'm not gonna bad. say they're bad. Yeah. I think because, they blew well, all the, the budget goat, on the Striga. The yeah. the goat guy was That's so what I'm cheesy. talking about. Like, the goat guy. Did the goat guy yeah, he's like, did your mother fuck a snowman? And that, me and my wife were like, okay, are we gonna watch this show still? <laughs> What's gonna happen? Oh my and god. That's when I was all in. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. It was can it was campy as fuck. And like when I realized that like this isn't what was this wasn't going to be Witcher three level of like integrative story. Like it wasn't going to take itself that yeah, seriously. Yeah. Like I think it definitely acknowledges its campiness. I found myself enjoying the show a hell of a lot more. Um, it, I, I like that it's campy in a lot of ways and yeah. it's not trying to be I, the next game of Thrones because I think that's why some people liked it because a lot of people had negative opinions of the last season of game of thrones and so there's some they're looking for something else to kind of fill that void and i think that witcher fills the void in that it's has the potential loose, to it's loosely in that kind of same vein but it's campy enough to where it sets itself far enough apart also i yeah. think season two has good potential going in one they'll be adapting more linear stories going forward and two is we you start to meet more witchers and kind of learn more about what witchers are. Uh, there's good stories to tell here. There's buzz that people want uh, Mark Hamill to play Vesemir, which I think would be just great. That'd be well, awesome. and yeah, because that's a that's the thing where like this show now has more confidence to. You could tell this season just wasn't fully confident because you know it could have been a bust. Nobody knew what was going to happen, and I'm happy for the show br bringing a lot of people into the world of Witcher. Like my sister is a good example who's like obsessed with the game now and stuff. This is a big deal bringing people in this world. But I was just hoping the show would have been more about his little journeys, like. The first episode was him learning about something in the woods that was murdering people and then talking to families and following clues like in the game and then ends with him with this climactic fight with the creature or tracking it down like instead of how they sort of made it campy and silly and like I just wanted it to be more it's a I thought maybe because it was an episodic show that they could devote more episodes to just that witch in life, you know, instead they really focused on the overarching narrative, which is fine. I and guess, I think but. I think in later seasons they probably will end up doing that to some degree it's important to remember that like the way tv shows are released on streaming platforms is so different than when we would watch them 20 years ago like you'd have a pilot and mm -hmm. you try and fit all this bomb and it would adhere to that monster of the week formula right you'd have all yeah. that bombastic yeah. shit in the in like the first episode and then you would get more exactly like you're saying rich the monster of the week type of stuff whereas this it wasn't picked up episode by episode it was picked up season by season and that's that's what's different about us taking in tv now it's so different and so with this show like they ordered a season not a pilot they ordered a season and so they had to yeah i'm sure they had to play it safe in a lot of ways while establishing kind of the essence of where they want to go in subsequent seasons. So I, I have a feeling in subsequent seasons, we're going to get what you're describing Morgan in a lot of ways, because like, that's a lot of how like uh, the, the first five seasons of supernatural started out and supernatural in the first five seasons is incredible. After that, it was, a, and it was a very, uh, very CW era monster of the week show. Campy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes. my wife loves that show. Yeah. Um, okay, I uh, I agree, and I hope you're right, Shay, because that would I just those people are. Bo- I shouldn't let them bother me. Those people that just want to upset people, like, oh, well, this is better than Game of Thrones final season. I'm like, oh god, just. I need to turn off Twitter because those people are getting it's on my just, nerves. It's they, like, they, they say that they say that for a clout, b to look to piss off people like you. Like essentially, that will take it to great offense. Which that's what they're looking for. So just, you, got, you just gotta you just gotta let that shit. They're just trying to get a rise out of you. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, it's it's another show with swords that people like. So it's like seriously, if you think this is, I'm deeply worried about you. Right. Um, one, but just I tell them all what I tell them. Your opinion, your opinion is valid and heard. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. You've been heard, sir. It's, one it's last not thing invalid. I do say, it's just one thing, perplexing. One thing I don't like about the show, the first season, is how little they use Triss Marigold. I really wanted to see more of yeah. her character develop because I. Good. Uh, the main thing to keep in mind with that is, uh, as somebody's read the books in the in the novels that they're adapting, Triss is a side character. She's an afterthought, and CD Projekt Red is really the they're the people that made Triss the the important character she is. She she oh, really? really is a side character in those novels. She's not important at all. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good to know. They're like because I honestly uh, one of the things I planned on doing this weekend was actually. Um, acquiring some of those books uh because i do i'm interested in the books now like i love the game uh and i enjoyed this this tv series so the books far. are great too they really are but yeah she's she's in the novels but she's she's not a a important or really featured character she is in fact there's only maybe like one physical description of her ever <laughs> interesting wow. See that's why we, that's why it's good to have. Uh, so you get to be the book nerd, Rich. Well, guys, I read the books. Isn't that fun to be the book nerd? Sometimes it's, I, you know what I, I I'm getting sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a bur- Believe I was the Game of Thrones guy, Rich, and it's a burden that you have to bear. Um, My friends, you know, drunk at a party, like, oh, here comes Rich. He can read. And I'm like, can you not? No, he's yeah, literally that fool. Music. I told you that, Rich. I can't do it. No, um, I, wanna, I have some comments I want to ping pong off of for the um, as we round up the show here. A couple of their fun things to talk about, but um, I wanted to get people involved because I know there's some hot takes on The Witcher. So I just grabbed like five or six comments I wanted to read to you guys and see what you thought. Um, Harry Stone 12 said it was awesome. I know a lot of people were against the different timelines because they thought it was confusing, but I think it inspired a lot of people to go back and rewatch it, which allows you to notice a lot of ton of small details. Um, yeah, I thought the timeline thing was fine. I didn't have an objection with that. I didn't either. I liked it a lot. In a way, it kind of adds this weird sense of quote-unquote replayability to the TV show. It's kind of like with like Fight Club, like where you watch Fight Club the first time, and then you get that big twist at the end, and then you're like, shit, I want to go back and watch that again because I want to see things I missed. And then you go back and watch it, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I missed this and that and that. With this show, because it's sequentially out of order you really like you do have to pay attention and you have to catch up and i swore i swore on my rewatch of the witcher i do more side quests when i rewatch season one this time (laughs) (laughs) right i'd get more involved in uh tris's backstory no but you when you when you watch it the first time it is a bit confusing it's not a bad thing to be confused. You don't need to always understand everything at face value. Sometimes it's yeah. good to have to look deeper. I like or to be to, confused. You don't have to like 
digest that art form multiple times. And I think that was a smart choice by them because mm. it made for some really interesting storytelling in the way that they told it. And it, like I said, it gives it replayability. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love confusion. I mean, I'm a Kojima fan. Uh, <laughs> clearly, Bing, clearly. Bing bong Josh, bong he's said, uh, I, uh, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it and I thought Cavill was perfect Geralt, but I didn't like Jennifer. I disagree with that. She was great. She felt too self-righteous, and I feel like she tried to have the women are better vibe. Now, first of all, that's kind of Yen's whole thing. Have you met men? (laughs) Yeah, we're not great. (laughs) I thought it was cool because they showed her as kind of like this. hmm. That's this podcast. There's there's no way they still share that opinion. Oh, yeah, Yeah, just true. Yeah, Yeah, no, we've. That's a thought. We've uh, we've thoroughly (laughs) dispelled that worldview. (laughs) In the last, last still couple hours, dude, she was my favorite character. When I was having trouble getting the show, I was like, oh, I was all in on Yennefer, partially not just because, but um, I her storyline was interesting. Did you just have an I, orgasm? I thought, <laughs> Josh, can you make that sound you made earlier? <laughs> what mm-hmm. was it? The uh, you don't remember it. You made this weird like squawking sound. Oh, the uh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, that was Stephen Hawk. The Hawk Enter the Dragon sound. Yes, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bruce Lee sound. Yeah. That was me watching I can't even do it now. I'm, my throat is killing me from... <laughs> I've had a cough for way too long that I felt my lungs and my throat conspiring to kill yeah. me <laughs> halfway through that. Yeah. That's me watching Yennefer in the mm-hmm. bathtub. Um, Arak and Doug <laughs> said... <laughs> a TV in your bathrooms? See, men are disgusting. You should hate us. Uh... Ork and Doug said, I felt like it was well put together besides the ending. They were very spot on with their casting of Andrew Covet. He had the voice, the walk, the eyes. Who the fuck is Andrew Covet? Who did he, he play? He played um, Jaskier or Dandelion for those familiar with the games. Oh, that was Dandy. That's who's Dandelion's based off of. Okay. Um, yeah, the bard, the goofy bard. Um, it was just a perfect casting choice. Spoonie, I honestly don't think say. there was a single. I honestly don't think there was a single bad casting choice. Everyone played their part so well. Um, also, the monsters were well done, except that opening scene, which is really stupid and confusing. Hey, that's... I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. I did. Um, <laughs> I added that last part. <laughs> was, though. Uh, let's see. Oh, our good friend Reverend Rock and Roll is a big Witcher fan, so I'm just thought I'd bring up his comedy. He says, a fan of both the books and the games. I loved it. It's definitely self-serious at times, but I think that it's a great adaptation of the original story. Um, I hope they keep it up. So it's campy and self-serious. So take that for what, what it's it worth. Ne- what it needs to be, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, I could say that about... Look, uh, I don't want to be a but dick, don't. but I, f- I feel like but you could don't. say that about anything that p- is yeah. at times goofy and at times self-serious. I'm just being honest. Yeah, no. I feel like if people like very something, hard, but they'll soft say, to the touch. <laughs> <laughs> Turgid, <laughs> one might say. Uh, big softy. <laughs> Is that the name of the episode? <laughs> oh, man. Look, I, I'm just trying to do what I can, Rich. It just, you said I, Big Softy one I think time, you're doing great. I, well, I, I don't remember. even remember what in what context I said Big Softy. You did. It was something we were talking about. You're like, I'm just a Big Softy. And I was like, oh, here we go. Was I drunk? Well, if, then you were definitely a Big Softy. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Well, I, I told you that in confidence. 
<laughs> Whiskey dick. Uh, Justin Timey Wimey said, I really like the Yennefer and Siri storylines, but Geralt's wasn't a huge fan of. Yen and Siri had actual arcs and character progression that was awesome to follow, but every time we actually saw The Witcher, he was just doing what amounts to a fetch quest. Not even enough of those, honestly. That's, That's kind of his idea. thing. Yeah. Well, I would have loved the whole season of just him doing fetch quests. Maybe I'm in the minority there. Yeah, what like, do you need? You want me to kill a werewolf? Sure, where at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like when he killed the spider, even though I didn't like that episode, that he carried the body parts around on his horse and you could see him dangling off. Those are the kind of touches I do like. You got to have a good uh, trophy. Have a dragon yeah. head dangling off your saddlebags in Witcher 3? Ah, oh, that's living. Yeah, that's cool. Man, there's so much cool stuff. Like, world building is just... Man, okay. I'm going to go on tangential and not going to do it. We don't have time. <laughs> Thank you, Justin Timey Wimey. That's a good comment. Zombie rolls. Hey, we got a zombie lover here, Shay. Um, zombie rolls Z. Hope you enjoyed the Days Gone talk. I loved it. Great moment, great dialogue, and of course, great characters. I like the timeline spin on it. I was not spoon-fed. It was not spoon-fed to the audience. I think that just shows people's lack of concentration nowadays. Uh, yeah, we talked about that. You have to actually pay attention. I will say, Josh, full spoilers, somebody fucks a hedgehog, so be prepared for that. There's a man that's part hedgehog that has sex with a woman. Yeah, I'm glad no, they I remember when they released the that trailer. <laughs> oh, that's that's right. The first yeah. song. No, I remember that. That was. <laughs> there, I didn't know the, the timelines were connected there, but it's all coming together. No, now. I mean that was the issue. Um, it was that. Yeah. People were yeah. they were really worried about how they were going to connect the two universes. So yeah, the, yeah, no. Universe. So it's cool they they wrote yeah, it off. No, that way. and then finally did, you just separated them out. So they can have. See, well, I'm, I'm wondering. If, <laughs> I'm wondering if you guys notice this. You you know the Hedgehog Man is like a really important character in the Witcher games, right? In the Witcher Three. Yes, I don't. Yes, know he that. is. He's the Nilfgaardian em- Emperor. Oh, okay. Does he look like that though? He looks like no, a Hedgehog Man. He does not look like a. He was. He only looks like a Hedgehog Man for part of the show, even. Well, but yeah, but it was like weird to see a hedgehog man floating in the sky with a woman and finding That's, out they had sex. Well, th- yeah, but that happens, Josh. That actually happens. I'm not making this no, up. It's, it's the urchin of Eichenwald. Josh is groaning because that happened. He had He's sex with a human lady because of your description of it and what you took away from it. Literally, there's yeah. so much. There's so many layers there, but all Morgan cares about is hedgehog sex. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I kind of expected at this point since a good what mm, like the. Uh, 38% of the commentary thus far has been <laughs> it's fair I mean, come on. they do placate a little to that with all the nudity let's be honest <laughs> um, it's just like Game of Thrones but I, well, I'm, look I'm just being honest like, it's not every day somebody fucks a hedgehog it was, it's weird it's weird unfortunately I think it probably is every day we <laughs> no, don't hear don't about it, but it it's gotta be every day, right? <laughs> They're no, not broadcasting it, but it happens. No, like that seems like an south. everyday I'm thing gonna, to me. At least. Been, I, there's some backwoods place in the south that's like, ah, <laughs> porcupine <laughs> and hedgehog fucking turn them in of Listen, 2020. I mean, New York City subways. I, I don't know what's going on down there, but there's definitely people <laughs> fucking hedgehogs. I'm telling Dude, you for sure. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised because I've been. Tearing on the South today, I wouldn't even be surprised if there's some backwoods fucking city in Mon or town in Montana that there's some fucking hedgehog fucking and porcupine fucking there. I would not be surprised. Okay, well let's let's not throw Montana under the bus. No, right, there's no on. reason to throw Montana under there. Oh, dude, I would totally not love with to all throw the people Montana fucking hedgehogs under, the bus, under that under bus. The, that was under the bus, but it'd be <laughs> not a lot of room left under there. That we don't have time for today. 
I I don't know why, but one time Josh sent us a picture of a hedgehog penis, and I have no idea what that what we were talking about. Did remember I? that? It was like some sort of joke we were starting on the podcast, and you, it was like a tiny little hedgehog penis. It um, sounds like something I would have done. I don't recall that one yeah. particularly. It was a very scientific looking picture. Probably yeah, strange. Probably Hedgehog's I fucked. do remember sending you pictures of a uh, a rat being milked. I don't remember the hedgehog penis, but I can see that. That that sounds like something I would have done. It comes full circle, Josh. This is the last comment. Gil I don't Beasy recall skit. it coming full circle. <laughs> it, it, that's a duck penis. That thing yeah. can go. It's twenty twenty. We call it jizzing full circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's penis a full circle long. jerk. Is the term we're using? Yes, again. circle jerk. Yes, yes. AKA full circle podcast. jizz jerk. Um, Gil Beasy had a really long final comment here I wanted to read because he put a lot of time and effort into it. He said, I went into the series expecting to bounce off by the second or third episode. I didn't enjoy The Witcher 3 specifically because of the tone of the world and figured it would be the same here. The next day I finished the season um, pissed that it was only eight episodes. Apart from the multiple timeline moment that could have been established a little bit better, it just needed a year at the bottom of each transition from timeline to timeline to kind of show you where we're at. The show was so well-written, and the performances were fantastic. Henry Cavill owned the role of Geralt, and Anya Shalotra nearly stole the show as Yennefer. I agree. I mean, I joke about the pervy stuff, but she was great. My only casting complaint was Triss, as a character that felt like a knockoff generic version of Yennefer, and we explained why, because she's not that important in the books, perhaps. That has something to do with it. Um... I would have much rather seen Emma Appleton, who played Renfrey. Yeah, Renfrey was a cool character, and she's in all of one episode, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of stick Renfrey into her, the, the short story she's a part of. In, in the book, she's more meant to be sort of like an analogy for like a, what if every situation went wrong, like a, a grim fairy tale version of Snow White, almost. Like, she straight up lives with dwarves in the book. Mm. Okay. Um. Now, I... Uh... I want to thank everyone for your incredible comments. It's a lot of fun to read those. I'll tag you on the show. Uh, I thought we had a pretty good rundown of The Witcher as much as we could time allotted. I do want to ask you guys a couple of quick things as we finish the show here. These are these are briefer, okay? One of them is. Um, so, Josh, would you rather see cats or eat broken glass? Who wouldn't want to see cats? Yeah, it's a the great food. question, actually, because it's a film. I'd recommend taking some edibles and going to see cats. Yeah, no, that sounds like an amazing time. Um, okay, that's fair enough. Taylor Swift is a cat. 68% of our audience, though, however, said they want to eat broken glass. Still mm. say cats. So, sorry mm. about that. Um, has anyone here seen cats? You did? Yeah, I just told you I did. I just did a whole story of how I did it. I the took edible, some edibles okay, and right? I went to see cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it sounds great. Um, so... And I see it every time I shut my eyes now. So the Ricky Gervais <laughs> line. <laughs> I get to see it for free. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I just thought that'd be funny. I'm not poking fun at it. I could care less, but. I am. <laughs> I So if you could describe in 10 seconds the big deal about it being so controversial is that the people just look creepy, right? Those That's cats are horny as fuck. Oh, that And they great. look weird. And if everybody just pretended they liked it, then in two years we could get a live action filmed version of Starlight Express, exactly. which is which is a, a Broadway show about horny anthropomorphic trains, <laughs> and you guys are getting fucking robbed because you couldn't just suck it up and pretend that this was the greatest movie you've ever mm-hmm. seen. Mm-hmm. Look, I can look. <laughs> I'll do what it takes. 
to see, go, to see go trains fuck. Read a synopsis of the plot of Starlight Express and tell me that's not the most insane nonsense you've ever heard. Yeah. This, um, I will. I will say this, um, and you guys have to answer this quickly. Do you like your cheesecake plain or with something on it? Both. What? Both? Yeah, it depends on what it is. That's a very situational. If no, like your preferred way to eat cheesecake. How about that? Your preferred way to eat. There's a piece no of preferred way. Make cheesecake it in my is bathtub. fucking good, no matter how it is. Look! 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 Alone in my car <laughs> in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Motherfucker, look for one goddamn minute, okay? When you're eating cheesecake, it's so fucking delicious. It doesn't matter what fucking flavor it is. All right, let me tell you right mm-hmm. now, cheesecake can be made from dick, and I'd still fucking eat it. Because cheesecake is so goddamn good. And you don't eat cheesecake to be like, mm, well, this flavor. No, cheesecake is just fucking good no matter what. It doesn't matter. Drunk, high, sober, about to die. It doesn't fucking matter. Cheesecake this is, is the first time Shay's looked at With me the mouse. whole night on camera. This is the first time he's looked at us the whole night. On a plane. And <laughs> he feels yeah, exactly. very strongly about this. Dude, I okay, fucking right, love cheesecake. Let me tell you, I started a Christmas tree. I love it too. Every Christmas I, Eve, from here yeah, until the day I, I cry die, in my car. I'm going to eat cheesecake on Christmas <laughs> Eve, and that's going to be my tradition. I started it this past year, and you know what? I fucking love it. I love cheesecake so so much. Look, it is one look, of my I'm favorite foods of all Shay. time. I, I, and I don't give okay. a shit. It can have fruit in it. It can have nothing Anything, in it, huh? and it's good. All right. What about hot sauce? Can we do hot sauce cheesecakes this year on the on the streams? Dude, I will fucking eat hot sauce streams. Can we switch from bananas? I'm just kidding. Um, oh, here's the I'll thing. Do it. I had a situation covered in hot sauce, so cheap, I can call bro. them hot cakes. Yeah. That, that was the, the only reason this came up is because my wife bought one of those variety packs, and it had only one che- kind of plain, and then all these weird, like, chocolate and raspberry, che- all these strange cheesecakes. And they're good. And I was just like... Just bizarre <laughs> things, like chocolate. <laughs> and, and one of them, no, one of them had raspberry the swirled the, on the top of it. You've never gross. seen oh such a thing. The funniest part is when you say cheesecake with toppings, the first two thoughts that come to mind to me are chocolate and raspberry. Mm-hmm. And those are the yeah, immediate exactly. things you rattled dude, off. Fucking, dude, they have a raspberry no. cheesecake cookie at Subway. Okay, no, I get it's that you like fresh. those, but what he's saying is if you could only have one flavor of cheesecake... You have to pick one. Won't you pick the, pick the classic cheddar? No, I classic. Won't. No, I won't. No, you pick apple cinnamon, like a real, one. like a real fucking apple man. Apple cinnamon. Uh, yes. Okay, just, just always, fine. always give an answer that implies you don't know what cheesecake is. Like if, you <laughs> yeah. have, if you can only have one flavor of cheesecake, what would it be? Cheddar. <laughs> uh, so, you guys I'm a Chipotle oh, man myself. I gorgonzola cheesecake. Goddamn. Provolone. Provolone yeah. for sure. <laughs> really haunting when Shay looks right at me like that on the webcam. I'm not sure how to deal with this. It's really up close and personal. Um. Here's, here's the thing. I'll tell you this right now, dude. Like, if, if, if I was sitting on death's row and they were like, what's your last meal? And what, what do you want your last meal to be? And it has to be some type of cheesecake. I would say, give me the variety pack. Those are weird parameters. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah, very, very weird. strange. Yeah. It's because I committed a yeah. cheesecake crime, okay. I assume. So they want to punish me by <laughs> making that my last meal. Hey, look, 58% of our audience agreed with you and only 42% agreed with me, uh, which is still kind of high. 42 ain't bad. It's here's here's what I'm going to say. It's the last thing I'm going to say on it. 
to the 58% of you, I love you. You are correct. Now to the 42%, I do love you as well, but you know, I love you just a little bit less than I did now previously. It's okay. That means we can, we can differ in our opinions (laughs) with the 58%. I love you. Rich already loves the people that hated on the last Jedi a little less. So that's the theme of the show. Yeah. That's a, it's a regret is the theme. Um, last two questions. These are devoted to one of our biggest patrons and friends, Danny P. Um, our good friend Danny wanted us to put both these poll topics up this week, and I did it just for him. So if you're a patron, patron patreon.com slash swordtron, we get to know you. We take inspiration from anywhere. Like this week, two of the polls came from there. And Shea must be taking a selfie as he turns around off the camera. All right, so two of the two of the polls that he wanted. One is pretty brief. I, I don't have the energy to fight about this with you guys, but I don't think we'll fight. I asked our audience, is Red Dead Redemption 2 still the best-looking console game to date? I was disappointed with the results, but I still got the victory. 55% said yes, it is still the best-looking game to date. Um, I should have been higher, but I'll take the win where I can get it. Hmm. Um, so what I would ask all those people is, okay, what console game do you think looks better? And maybe, objectively, they weren't playing on like a PS4 Pro or an Xbox <laughs> One X. Um, so that I'm just trying to give them the benefit Always of the doubt. This argument. I'm Dan, just the answer is Wadham. There's, yeah, right. It's a new digital foundry. Just, I've ne- never seen better looking poop. Just silky smooth. <laughs> it's got that it's, shine to it. Yeah. Well, for one, I am bread looks better on console than Red Dead Two. <laughs> what did you say? Yeah. What game? I am bread. Yeah. Yeah, great game. I mean, it yeah, did come okay. out slightly before that, but you know, it's true. Horizon Zero it's Dawn still, is, still looks a little better than Red Dead. How can you compete? Uh, Horizon couldn't true. even beat Uncharted in true. our private poll, and Uncharted couldn't beat God of War, and then God of War lost to Red Dead, and Red Dead beat mm-hmm. everything that's come out. So can we just have consensus? DC Universe Online. Mm. We can have con- we can have a consensus. To the 45% who voted against Red Ted 2 being <laughs> this the most beautiful so personal. game. Thank you. I do love you very much. I appreciate I it's you. Be- it's becoming so much. so much more than... <laughs> it's just a personal vendetta. People just like, no! Like, I mean, What game is, is prettier? I don't know. I only played five I minutes am bread. Red Dead. I told Brr. you. I am bread. I think are you having a stroke? Um, um, Guitaru Man for the PS2. <laughs> all right, so we've established here that that basically anything looks better. better than that game. There's I even only think so much flannel I, you can I, look the at. The inside of Fish's sock looks better true. than Red Dead Two. Only so much flannel. Look, these guys are these are your opinions. They're not mine. Okay, I don't have to be upset about them because they're not going to be attached to me. All I right, you were I say you, you don't have it opinions. It took you a year. It took you a year plus to finally not get upset by these opinions. Took you that no. long. I'm proud of I you. I mean, all you're making you're I making know the positive. Took, took, took a year plus, and then, and, and then a poll to prove you right to finally to finally get it over get over it. Exactly. Well, yeah. I did this for Danny Pete. I did mm-hmm. it for one of our patrons, to be fair. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt him with the victory, and this one hurt him the most. I messaged him privately about this, and he said this one hurt the most, and I felt bad. Because on the on the private Skypes we did last week, Rich, $20 patrons, by the way, we had this big discussion, and they said it was weird that I would use lotion 
to masturbate before I got in the shower because I wanted to clean off and then go on my day or night or whatever. And they all made me feel like a monster. Fish, Shay, Josh, everyone. That's and then not eight, what happened. That is not That's what exactly what happened. They made me feel no, like a monster. What happened is you the way you worded it made it sound like you use lotion to have sex in the shower, which is why I made no, fun not, of you. Never said anything about not sex. Even, not even that. Like it sounded like you had no clue what lotion is for in, in any capacity other other than as lube for rubbing one out. That's like it's, no, this is true. it's one and it's only for, purpose. It's for my dry elbows. Isn't that why mm-hmm. anyone else buys Jergens? I thought that's what Jergens' motto was. That's what. Not that's where the term jer- off. Yeah, That's where jer- the term <laughs> yeah. jerking off comes uh-huh. from. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. This is this is one thing you'll learn, Rich, on this podcast is when <laughs> any of the results come back in my favor, the poll was misleading or I said the wrong thing. If the results come back against me, no. then it's accurate and factual. This Nothing is what about that. You specifically said while we were talking about that, that you're going to ask if anyone uses lotion before a shower, which is not the same thing as using lotion to masturbate before a shower. That's exactly... Like, it was okay. a completely yeah, different no, question. I, 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 think, I think I understand what you're saying here. Yeah, that is confusing. Because if you're talking about actually applying lotion... No, that's for after you, shower. Yeah, you would do that after the shower, because otherwise you're just rinsing it off. Right, exactly, and that's the thing, Morgan. Like, if you had so framed you guys it as concisely no as that, I would have agreed with you. No, but the way you worded listened. it was so fucking terrible. I didn't understand. You seemed what the hell no, was completely going on. baffled that somebody might use lotion after a shower. You, you can't call me a monster if you didn't understand it. I was very clear. Sure. I I grab lotion. I masturbate before the shower. You guys yep. said that was and then creepy you don't and put weird. Lotion all over those ashy elbows after the shower. No. See? See? This is exactly where we were. I don't get ashy elbows. I don't really Yeah, no, I'm sure you're just the one white guy in Montana yeah. who doesn't have yeah. ashy elbows. It's true. I'm naturally moist. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, naturally moist is also a good episode title. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's true. For all you people out there that masturbate with lotion before you shower, I see you. And I uh, don't know if that's how you want to word that. <laughs> You see me? How? <laughs> well, stop it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I got to pee, and every time I laugh, it just hurts. It hurts so bad. I did get to use my favorite um, thing from American Beauty, which has Kevin Spacey whacking off in the shower. American Beauty is a great movie. Yeah, that, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not a great, great person to represent yeah, not a great not a great plug oh come on don't hold that movie against modern kevin spacey i don't what? hold the movie i hold the person he was, in the movie he he was still creepy back then we just didn't know about it well I, I'm, it's, it's a movie separate the art from the artist come on now come on now huh um, huh huh <laughs> yeah now i Moving can't even on. use kevin space i can't even talk about american beauty anymore thanks a lot thanks a lot why would you talk about it in the first place? Yeah, I'm so because <laughs> it came up so often. Usually, yeah, <laughs> I I would if I thought anybody had the. You guys have all seen American Beauty, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Morgan just pulls out a list of all these Kevin Spacey references he had ready and crosses <laughs> <Yeah>. them off. <laughs> he's, he's like, "Fuck, 
Fuck, I can't use any of them anymore. He does this every now and then. He'll just reference something really old and then act surprised like we weren't thinking about it right now. Like when we did the whole uh, American Psycho one. And my response was, where the fuck did this even come from? You don't think about American Psycho once a day? I think about (laughs) Usually before I'm (laughs) masturbating in the shower. (laughs) You don't think about Christian Bale with the chainsaw before you're whacking it? Yeah. You're missing out. I think there's one... There's one Kevin Spacey reference you can make, and it's from Seven, when Brad Pitt's like, what's in the box? Because it's not directly related to Kevin Spacey. But yeah, it's indirectly related, and that's perfectly okay. And we all know what's in the box now. We do. Right. Yep. I think Baby Driver is also okay, because he's the bad guy. Uh-huh. Yes. I mean, he, he's the bad guy in so many... Uh, he was bad guy in House of Cards. He was total bad guy in... Yeah. I don't that know if that one's okay, guy. Rich. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, they should. Uh, it's at least it's funny in House of Cards to think about how they killed him off by saying he got hit in the head with an AC unit. <laughs> That's true. Gave him the like the worst, like least un, or least interesting death you could possibly have. And I think yeah, that was it, just kind of hilarious how stupid it was. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, all right. Well, um, I do want to say. It's been a lot, a fun show, a lot of great polls, and um, oh, I'm exhausted, so we should probably get out of here. We have another quick podcast to record. Uh, again, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash swordchomp, but more importantly, if you want to pick up some fancy merch, you can go to redbubble.com slash people slash swordchomp. Um, like most places that have a little Redbubble page, you can buy some sweet merch. I know, Rich, you have a nice swordchomp shirt that you wear on occasion. It's true. Um, and... I rep all my sword, uh, my sword chomp stuff all the time. I have this epic phone cover uh, that is just every time I look at it when I put oh, my yeah. phone down, I'm filled with joy. So, um, anyways, it's been a lot of fun. I want to thank Josh for being here from Michigan, Rich for joining us um, from the East Coast. I, I don't want to specifically. Get, I feel uncomfortable giving away your location. It's your New permission. York. I feel like I. Okay. <laughs> we have a, we have an East Coast representative. That's cool. Uh, Shay from Japan, and of course, I'm in Montana. Um, and if you disagree with anything anybody had to say, please email us, swordchomp at gmail.com, or shoot me a GM on the Swordchomp Instagram page. I'll respond to you, even if I disagree with you. So I love everyone. That's going to do it for the show. We will see you next week. <laughs>